Welcome back. This is Ladies with Gumption, episode 134, Emotional Attachments. My name is Jessica, and I'm here with... May. And Tatiana. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap DCTV in a flash. You can contact us on Twitter at DCTVGumption uh, via email, ladieswithgumption at gmail.com if you have feedback that you want to send in. Or you can send us ask on ladieswithgumption.tumblr.com, and we will answer them there as well. Um... If you are listening to us, you can find us many places. You may be on Podomatic. You may be mis- listening to us through the Apple Podcasts, iTunes app, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, um, Amazon, if they release their podcasting service already, um, and also on Patreon. Uh, if you are a patron, thank you so much for your patronage. Um, you, If you're not a patron, you are missing out on a lot of good stuff. For example, we do we expand the DC universe to include HBO uh, Max shows like Stargirl, Doom Patrol, um, DCU Titans, and then we also cover other shows outside of the DCU universe, such as The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. The Boys on Amazon, Upload, Witcher, and soon WandaVision. And very soon WandaVision. So if you saw the finale and you were just like, oh my God, I want to know all the thoughts, stick around because we'll be doing that one very, very shortly. And if you're like, oh, I don't know if I can spend money, you're in good luck because right now we're still running our Patreon sale and it's 50% off, which is just $5 to listen to just talk about everything. When you get the whole library and then you also get new episodes 24 hours before they go live on the Podomatic site. So you get a early preview. And if you want to find um, how to find us on Patreon, it's www.patreon.com slash gumption. Also, if you want to send us feedback, because I've seen uh, Son and I was like, oh man, one day I'll get feedback on time. If you want to know when we do our recordings, we do them on Fridays in the evening. Mm. So if you get it to us by like Friday, what, 3 p.m. ish? Right. Yeah. Technically, Eastern time. Yeah. If you want to have the space. Yes. If you if you want a little grace, a little cushion, like 3 p.m. Eastern, you'll get in there. Um, in the news, um, there's not a lot of news, I don't think. Um, but uh, Nadia Tucker, who is the writer that was on Superman and Lois before she was let go um, for dubious reasons, what, did an interview with Huffington Post about her experience and... I don't think that there was anything in there that I saw that was newer information. She's just kind mm-hmm. of like explaining more about, you know, her experience with speaking out and how that was not well received and how, um, you know, when these diversity kind of issues are brought up, the people that are in charge or the ones that are making the bad decisions, they don't usually get reprimanded they might just get like moved around so you're just like moving trash around instead of like taking trash out um basically but you know she's she's keeping her name in the conversation and keeping it relevant to um people's minds because like obviously a lot of times stuff like that gets swept under the rug or it's like hot for two minutes and the news cycle picks up on something else so she's keeping it relevant in the conversation i was gonna say that um because it's HuffPost, it's a much larger audience. Yes, too, exactly. Her previous interviews were just much smaller sites, so it's picking up steam. So, yay. Speaking of Superman and Lois, um, May is going to share with us what we missed on Glee, <laughs> or otherwise known as Super Bland. And um, also, Marie 
one of our listeners sent back feedback for her thoughts on the episode. So we'll get May's thoughts and then I'll share Marie's thoughts. I guess Tati did not watch this episode. I have not seen the episode. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I have no thoughts. I I look forward to May's thoughts, however. Good to decide whether or not I will watch the episode. (laughs) I mean, well, it continues to be sort of dull. Super bland? Yes, super bland. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I'm I'm really starting to think it's Tyler Hecklin because, you know, bless him. He's, He's fine, but I don't know that he can carry a show either that or like the drama is not that interesting like and somebody made a good point on twitter they're like you know they moved to um this episode is basically like the transition of them moving to from metropolis to smallville packing up their stuff saying goodbye to a place they love and it was really interesting because at one point like lois thanks um the jonathan the non as emo son, I guess. <laughs> For like, she's like, I know that you gave up a lot coming here and whatever. So thank you. I'm like, he's like 14. Why are you thanking him? Like, he's just gonna up and move regardless. Right. I don't know. It's just like a he strange, very a white parenting, I guess. You know. Yeah. Um, which they're white. That's fine. But <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like the whole thing. Like, it's not obviously not as bad as I thought it was going to be, but it's mm-hmm. still just not, it doesn't inspire much of anything, really. Like, Lois mm-hmm. and Lana interact for, like, two seconds, and then it's nothing. I was like, they should be building a friendship. You know, people who were talking about um, Lois getting, like, this big journalistic arc. No, no, she's not. <laughs> Her journalistic Yeah, arc that's what I wanted to, because, like, there's, like, people on Twitter that are like, oh, funny how when Todd gets a white woman right he just suddenly knows how to do journalism and um, <laughs> tweets about how you know the that Flash needs to catch up to Superman and Lois because of how they write Lois and her journalism and it's like no I mean you. it's basically her going after like Morgan Edge like she's you know going going at him really hard because she's just suspicious of him and all that stuff but it's not any more than iris has ever gotten with regards to like um carver last season or something you know what Mm, i mean it's just like glaring at him she wrote a paper off screen (laughs) and he changed it off screen and it became like this fluff piece about him because it was she wrote something terrible about him like trying to you know show who he truly is to the public but it's also an article that was written by the daily planet and that's a place that he owns. So it's not like it was ever going to be the article mm-hmm. she wanted it to be. So it ends with her, you know, basically quitting the Daily Planet. So she and Clark are now jobless. <laughs> um, and it's just like a weird place. I guess I guess this episode was supposed to be like, look, Lois journaling. I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> journaling. <laughs> it just sort of exists right now. Um, okay. Yeah, and they do explore, like, the most interesting thing about this episode was particularly the um, General Sam Lane and the other universe um, Lex. Lex. And basically, like, they knew each other on his world. Okay. And it basically establishes that whatever is, happened. Is I don't know Lane, if it's... it's, if it's is because... Lane from the same world as the other Lex? Or, like, does he know how no, to hop worlds? or what? Earth Prime Lane, <clears throat> but, like, they there was a version of him on his okay plan. they were they actually worked together against superman oh here lane is like an ally for superman but it, it's interesting because i think it sets up something uh kind of like much darker because i don't know if it's that lex blames clark for 
destroying the world because of crisis or there was an actually evil Superman on his world. And that is like really interesting. Interesting. Otherwise, the, you know, the family drama stuff like Jordan starts training with his powers. Um, it, but it doesn't seem like he has enough of it. And that part's interesting, but it's like, I don't know why the other brother is left out because it's not like just because you don't have powers doesn't mean you can't be connected to your heritage. So it's, it's a little bit awkward, but the family drama is not very as inspiring as like the, the Lex storyline right now. Mm, okay. Well, Sounds like really another super show then. called yeah. Krypton, where Zod was like the most interesting thing about that show. But anyway, um, Marie says that she watched Superman due to a lack of content <laughs> on TV. Dad. It was okay. They obviously had a, a budget and the special effects were cool. But other than that, I didn't feel like it was. I was seeing something new in terms of who Superman was. Personally, Lois was the best part. And I agree that she carried a family unit, but that's it. I would care more about a show where she and Iris actually do some investigative journalism. So she didn't really have much to say about it either. Yeah. And actually in terms of Lois too, because just to to say that this continues, Todd continues to be sexist basically is because like Lois doesn't really have much of a relationship with her sons the way that Clark does. Like all the drama comes between him and his sons and it's sort of like she says things to like keep the family together, but she doesn't have there's no established relationship with them. You know, you don't really know where they stand with each other other than getting along. That's and it's the same weird. thing with her and her dad because he talks to him all the time. I'm like, okay, what does their relationship look like? It's very odd. So it's not so much Superman and Lois so much as it's just Superman at this point. That's, that's really odd because I feel like if I feel like if the boys knew that Clark was Superman growing up and that would be one thing, why they would have a different dynamic with him than they do with Lois but if they're like normal kids like mom moms are always like the prime relationship I feel like for for most family units so it's kind of weird that you know both of them if it's both of them that neither of them has like one's not closer to their mom than their dad so right especially because the whole thing is that the dad's been absent you know oh yeah okay so like why wouldn't they have a close relationship with the mom he's definitely been supermanning (laughs) but oh well well um continuing on our super streak (laughs) we got some really like confusing news that on what i i don't mind it because you know supergirl supergirl is supposed to be taking over for superman and lois Mm -hmm. on march 30th so uh, even though Superman and Lois has is a new show and it just started, it's going on brief hiatus starting on the 30th and being replaced by Supergirl. So Supergirl will be following following the Flash starting at the end of this month, um, all the way until when May, May. when Super Superman and Lois comes back. So Damn. it's like a huge gap. And they say the reason that um, they're doing it this way is because of like COVID production issues. I still think it's kind of weird thing to do to a brand new show that you are super hyping up and hoping that it takes over as a flagship one day it's kind of a weird thing Plus to do it, it makes the whole premiere like the the fact that they push back the flash they could have just done that with superman and lois and they would have mm-hmm. gotten like an extra week yeah ago. but whatever i like I, I can definitely sit and watch flash and supergirl back to back so it's fine by me <laughs> um <laughs> And then in non-DC 
DC News. Um, There is some stuff in the Disney Plus Marvel world that is coming down the pipeline. Um, A Wakanda series possibly is in the works for Disney Plus, as well as a series on the mutants, like an X-Men series. So, um, yes. Tati, Dino, can you tell us some more about that? Or what can you tell us about that? I literally can tell you it's called the mutants. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) it will officially introduce X-Men into the MCU is literally all we got. I think 2023 is the year. And that's, you know, that's all I got for you. But so somehow, okay. it's the new, that was new enough. Mutants. <laughs> so, yeah, the new New Mutants. The resetted mu- Mutants. All right. Mutants. We'll look forward to, Back to zero. that. Yeah. Um, now into the format of our show. We will talk about, we have three shows. No. Yes. Three shows this week because yeah. I don't count Super like, Bland. No. Super, super, Su- no. super Lois did not. <laughs> super Lois did not make the cut. So we have Batwoman. We have Black Lightning. And then The Flash came back to its regular program schedule time this week. So we'll talk about those three shows. What brought joy, did not brought, bring joy. Um, feedback from, we got quite a bit of like, varied feedback. Thanks, guys. Yeah. And we'll crown a lady with gumption of the week. So we Tati is going to... Flash to come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we did get from, like, you know, from Marvel shows, got some good feedback. So Tati's going to take it away for side A, spontaneous rage issues. Yes, I am. And we're starting with Batwoman, which is where this side got its title. The episode is called Do Not Resuscitate. A Hamilton Dynamics lab fails to reproduce the curative power of the Desert Rose. So its psychotic leader, Dr. Ethan Rogers, sticks a mentally unstable patient named Aaron Helsinger on Mary and Jacob to find the secret. He rams into their car and takes them both hostage in Mary's clinic. Because I guess that's, he just knew that that's where it came from. So he's like, show me the place where it is. Um, Under duress, Mary tells him about Coriana and confesses the truth about her illegal clinic to Jacob, who then plans to shut it down because he suddenly decided to be her father. Meanwhile, Ryan learns her kryptonite injury is fatally poisoning her. And apparently she needs a desert rose to live. Source Sophie forces Ryan to betray Angelique by tapping her phone in order to locate Ocean because Sophie also needs to get to Coriana. She finds Ocean to save without, a woman that does not exist. To, to save a woman that no longer exists. <laughs> <laughs> um, she finds Ocean with Alice, who has concluded that the two of them were lovers back in Coriana and that they had plotted together to leave with the Desert Rose, which of course makes her want to go back and get it. Um, After Ocean burns the blood off the map, Sophie takes it at gunpoint and brings it to the clinic, where Batwoman arrives and subdues Helsinger. But then, psychotic Dr. Rogers actually shows up in a mask and threatens to kill Sophie. So Batwoman has to give him the map. Uh, Ryan then gets dumped by Angelique for her trouble, um, and Sophie gets to overhear it because, you know, she bugged the phone. Um, Alice kills a decoy of Ocean. Thanks poor decoy of ocean, and summons Tatiana to retrieve her and the fake body while actually still working with the real ocean. And that's what you missed on Glee. What brought you the most joy in this apparently amazing episode that uh, Jessica wrote one line about? <laughs> <laughs> I like your, your recap helped me a lot because I did not remember. <laughs> I have to stop like drinking and, and watching episodes. <laughs> Don't drink and watch. Don't drink and watch, kids. 
<laughs> May, do you have something that can jog my memory? Um, I hope so. <laughs> I don't know, because my memory is a little fuzzy, too, and I was completely sober. So oh. I don't know what that says about the episode itself. <laughs> I didn't, well, yeah. I didn't, I don't have very, I know that I didn't like, but like, I'm struggling <laughs> to find things that I did. I yeah. guess, I guess I'll say, like, I think you know, Angelique and Ryan's dynamic continues to be interesting. I do know that, like, I remember that she took, you know, you've got, like, the kryptonite storyline with um, Ryan struggling. And so, like, Angelique and Ryan go to the hospital and there's, like, you know, some doctor was like, you're all right, just put some aspirin or something like that. Like, like, he wasn't trying to be, you know, in a hurry to help her. And then, like, Angelique stood up for, for Ryan and, like, pressed it until he actually gave her the attention that she needed um, which again, it just goes back to show how bright or die they are for each other and more of that dynamic. Um, and then, you know, just Ryan's kryptonite storyline in, in general and how that is progressing. I do like that because I was very skeptical about Luke and Ryan's relationship continuing to go on a positive trend after their shared story last week. So um, that was a positive sign that he was still, you know, very concerned about her um, when she kind of like collapsed and, and all of that. So that was great. Um, and I liked Mary finally unloading off of her chest onto Jacob about how she feels like the neglected child and that Jacob has never really spent any of his attention on her at all, really, um, and how she's been kind of like struggling or had to struggle by herself. So I thought that was a good moment for her. See that, you know, that was a good little blur. You, you did it. it you did what you had to do. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree with those moments. I think it was finally nice to have, like, Mary Jacob. I wouldn't call it bonding time. <laughs> but the <laughs> fact that they were in a scene together for longer than, like, 10 seconds, you know, was nice. Especially since they don't really talk. And it's like Jacob doesn't exist. He's not connected to his family at all. And this was nice because as much as I didn't like the fact that you know, it's always unloading on Mary and Mary's always neglected and stuff like that. It was sort of like he was giving her attention, even though the whole point of the episode was for him to give her attention. But it was still, uh, it was just nice to see them together and finally having like a storyline where he's actually seeing Mary. He mm-hmm. knows about the clinic now. There's some drama. We can move forward with whatever's going on. Um, so finally, like Jacob feels like he's, kind of coming back into the story with regards to his daughters not and especially like not knowing them kind of reevaluating where the hell he is mm-hmm. in his life because he doesn't know anything at all he's just been in the dark so the fact that uh, mary got to open up to him even if it was like under a stressful situation was like a good thing for the story moving forward um i did like like i just continued to like alice and um ocean's like, chemistry and dynamic and stuff mm-hmm. That's all I'll say about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I also liked um, Angelique and Ryan. I think they're pretty solid for a couple who's only been like together, together for us anyway, for two episodes. I think that Angelique is very much ride or die for Ryan, which is why like only after 40 minutes, I felt so gutted (laughs) in their final scene. (laughs) Um, They're like, no, we just got to know you together. We want more. So it just felt like a true betrayal, even though I understood like Ryan being pressured to do something, even if it hurt her. And the fact that she was also on the fence with regards to wanting to help. um, 
did she Sophie, decide to do it? I can't because she did. She said that she, fuzzy. I know she, she, she would do it, but did she decide to do it because she needed it? Because she also had to get to Coriana? No, it was an exchange for um, oh, dropping Sophie the charges. wiping. Yeah, I know. Of- yeah, I know. I know that was like the original deal, and it's like okay, but was that like the deciding factor or? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that it was nice because they're both pretty much ride or die for each other. And I also like the fact that she went off on that doctor, you know, again with the statistics. She's like, Do you know that? (laughs) (laughs) It's Caroline Caroline Drives wrote this episode. So there you go. (laughs) I was like, Yes, Caroline, we do know. Caroline and somebody else. (laughs) But it was so good. Like, somebody was there to at least like give Ryan the attention that she did deserve because so far it doesn't feel like she's getting that attention elsewhere from other characters. So this is someone she knows and has history with, and that's really nice. Um, (laughs) I do like the fact that like the desert rose stuff is coming back into play. And the fact that we got to see Sophia again, and hopefully it means she'll play like a bigger role later on and Mm -hmm. them actually having to go to Coriana now because of this desert rose and like everyone in Gotham is sort of just, it's like a treasure hunt. Almost. Yeah, it's a treasure hunt to get to the island for the mm-hmm. cure. And it's not just like, oh, Kate, I'm, I'm glad that Kate wasn't a big part of this <laughs> episode in general. And that the focus kind of like shifted elsewhere. Um, I support you in these feelings that you have. <laughs> I, um, I liked... Yeah, I definitely like that, you know, now there's other reasons to go to Coriana other than just to rescue Kate. Because as we can all assume, uh, that will be a literal dead end. And so we have to have <laughs> something else that we want to fight for or that we're, like, looking to get there. So smart that they tied, you know, the cure to kryptonite. Um, the race against Hamilton Dynamics. Um, whatever, you know, the revenge against Sophia for the sake of Ocean and Alice, etc., 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 all uh, converging on Coriana. So I think that's a really that's a really great storytelling uh, choice that they have made. And this is definitely like the first episode that felt like the least oppressive when it comes to Kate's absence. So that's good as well. Um, I also loved um, the Angelique and Ryan um, dynamic that they showed. Like we see how they are, as you guys already said, ride or die for each other from Angelique defending Ryan at the hospital, being super concerned, paying for the tests. And calling out, you know, implicit. She's like, I ha- have you heard of something called implicit bias? So I was like, okay. <laughs> because they were like, all right, we're bringing you. I was like, I learned this in diversity class. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's a little on the nose, but it was, you know, it was, I, I, I respect Angelique for doing that because uh, Ryan needed to know, right? And she wouldn't have known. She would have ended up coming to the correct conclusion, I guess, if she hadn't actually gone to the doctor. Because Roger was like, no, I'm fine. This green pus coming out of my shoulder for the last three months is totally okay. Um, but anyway. Um, so, and then, you know, as we already said, it was upsetting. It was, like, frustrating, but understandable when Sophie makes the deal with Ryan. And Ryan takes it because she feels like she has no other choice. Um, because she wants to protect Angelique. And at the same time, this like divide that they're at right because angelique likes her life the way that it is she wants to live this life she's not um like trapped by some force greater than herself as far as we know she's saying like this is what i want to do and i want to keep doing it 
And Ryan is like, I do not want you to do this. And <laughs> it will be detrimental to me if you do it. And then Angelique's like, well, you are being detrimental to me right now. So I'm like, okay, how are we going to bridge this gap, right? We don't know. But they, the episode did at least establish that they do genuinely love each other. So it's like, well, I hope that they find a way. But we, as we've seen in other relationships, either in our lives or on screen, not necessarily that we have dated either Batwoman or drug dealers, but um, <laughs> you still can't change. You can't try to force a change in the other person, right? Mm-hmm. That's always going to lead to an even worse blowout <laughs> than you originally started with. And they started with Ryan doing jail time. <laughs> so <laughs> we, are, um, we are at an impasse right now. And yet I, the show has me rooting for them to be happy. So good job, show. Um, also, this is probably the most I've rooted for Sophie in a, a little bit this season when Sophie was basically telling her um, or giving Ryan advice about Angelique because Sophie was right, you know? And Batwoman slash Angelique would be like, well, you've never loved anyone. You're alone. And Sophie's like... Where did you yeah. think Sophie was? Like, what, what advice? Was this when she was trying to blackmail Ryan into... Yeah, she's not blackmail, but she's right. You know, she's like... Mm. Angelique's life is going <laughs> to drag you down you know the way that she's doing it which is true you know it already has um, so I was like yeah you know Sophie's right but <laughs> that doesn't mean I want uh, Ryan to do what Sophie was asking but I do think Ryan should take into account what Sophie is saying about the relationship um, so anyway <laughs> uh, what else in this life okay yeah I did like them pairing Mary and Jacob together for a story um, because Mary deserves some dad time, um, and also Jacob being protective of her, and also, even though he was <laughs> giving her a warning, he did compliment her mom and be like, I know that you are brilliant, like your mother, and that you both want the best for people, but that <laughs> ended up with your mom. Expecting her at the end, it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it's like, but it did end up with your mom conducting human experiments. Backhanded compliment, <laughs> <laughs> but he was right again. I'm just saying, he's not lying, um, however. however I did love, I did love Mary hitting back first. Mary calling him out for like, well, you never paid attention to me. So of course you would not know. Um, Not that he knew shit about the girls he was paying attention to. So that's not really it. It's a big difference here. (laughs) But I did like that she called him out for not um, giving her the attention that she deserved as, you know, in her youth. And then again, when she's like, oh, great. Now you want to be my dad so that you can suffocate me. Oh, great. (laughs) So that was... That felt realistic as well. You have missed the statute of limitations on fatherhood, Jacob. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, also, I continue to enjoy the chemistry between Alice and Ocean. I, I just think, like, Rachel Starson plays it really well. Ocean is hot. So that's all I need. <laughs> she's, like, super intent. On- it's great that she's super intent on finding out exactly what happened between them, precisely because it gives her something else to direct her energy towards, right? Yes. Because yeah, before it was just <laughs> Kate. So now she's like, what did Sophia do to me? And how can I get back at her? Surprised um, and also singing like the song Ocean Eyes. I'm like, Ocean, yeah. Ocean Eyes. Exactly. It's beautiful. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, yeah, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. I'm saying she, no, she's no, saying she didn't. <laughs> ocean, it makes you <laughs> imagine. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but yeah, and so I do I do feel like it'll be interesting to see if this plays any role in adding dimensions to Alice's character or helping us helping Alice overstay the Kate storyline, you know? Mm-hmm. Um well, of course that's if Ryan lets her live because we do know um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But that's still a reckoning that we have to deal with. All right. 
Um, so what did not bring joy? What would you throw out if you could? Before we go into that, I forgot to mention the one thing that I wrote down and I forgot to say, but I did like the fact that um, Ryan, regardless of like her pain or whatever, the kryptonite, she was like, no, I have to go save Mary. I was like, yes, I love this friendship. Yes, (laughs) yes, true. Okay, now we can go into the dislikes. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, I mean, I still feel like Batwoman is in like a mini slump. Like we've we've hit like a a slump in the season. I can't blame a man this week because Caroline and some other girl wrote it. But I can blame a white woman. So, (laughs) cannot blame a man, but I can I can blame a white woman. So we're still good. And I can also like blame it on alcohol, just because you know, I just I my notes. I usually like take notes when I'm watching, so I can like go back and remember stuff but even like that wasn't helping me I was like what are these notes they don't make any sense so there is a lot that I can't really comment on because I don't remember what the plot was I didn't remember a lot of the Mary plot like I didn't know how I didn't know the, why the guy like that whole doctor sending this deranged guy to go yeah didn't get any of that <laughs> but what I do remember that I didn't like um I remember being pissed at Jacob for trying to shut down Mary's clinic because I was agreeing with Mary, like, why are you trying to be a dad now? (laughs) (laughs) And shut down, like, what was, like, you know, you have other priorities, Jacob. You know, clean up your own house. The crows is still dirty. So why are you, like, getting on Mary? You're using, like, police force when you're not police. So why don't you clean that up? Why don't you shut that down, Jacob, and leave Mary alone? So I didn't really like that. I felt like, you know their bonding session took a left turn that I didn't like. And I also didn't like that. Um, so I'm, I'm like the opposite of you, Tati. I really didn't like the Sophie blackmailing <laughs> Ryan scene. Like, even if she was speaking facts, like they're not friends. So it doesn't really come off. Like she's giving like, you know, advice that I would want to hear or Ryan would want to hear. I don't like that. It's her just because and I, I feel like she's getting like really like aggressive. And again, it's like aggression and trying to, uh, well, I don't want to say aggression because that's like a, a loaded trigger word, but like she's, you know, doing all of this again for a, a moot storyline. And I feel oh, like, yeah. yeah. And I feel like if it was, I, I, I still don't understand like her point in being in the crows. And so like stuff that's carrying over from the week before about her claiming to, you know, want to change the system, but we're not seeing any of that side of her all we are seeing is like a really one-sided storyline of I have to drop everything to find Kate who we know that's never going to be seen again if it was Jacob it's it's a shit move and and Jacob's a piece of shit so that would make sense if Jacob was like trying to like blackmail Ryan and force her hand that would make sense even even Julia if she was not a figment of my imagination (laughs) and existed on this show I feel like like even that <laughs> would have been more acceptable than Sophie being the one to like trying to force Ryan, especially because like Sophie and Ryan specifically don't have uh, the best pass from you know the first episode when we first found out there about their dynamic. So I don't know. I don't really like the position that they put her in with the storyline all the time. So yeah. May I? I agree with that. I think what I would have liked to see, what I would like to see is like who is Sophie outside of being a crow 
and yeah, like loving Kate, you know, like we don't know anything else about her. And I think now is like the prime opportunity to do that, to dig into who she is. And again, like you said, you know, she's stuck in a storyline that's is going nowhere. So it's just frustrating because it's like right now she could be building even a friendship with Ryan and working inside yeah, the crows and seeing know, all like, that. What, I can't even tell what they plan to do with this relationship yeah. dynamic outside of like once the storyline is done with Kate. I don't even know. And like we had an and on correct us about um, whether Sophie knew that Ryan had a girlfriend or not because she was talking to Batwoman last week. So of course she wouldn't know who Batwoman was dating. And then, you know, but it's just like, it's very, because she was working with Batwoman on Kate last week and now she's working with Ryan on the same Kate. So it's just like confusing to me. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. It's just like frustrating. They're not growing closer at all. They're not growing so. closer. <laughs> Sophie's still stuck in the crows for some reason. <laughs> and I feel like the crows, it's like they don't know what to do with the crows, even though they there's so much opportunity. Like they keep throwing out these statistics. I'm like, well, you could actually work in a storyline where you're actually cleaning up the crows and showing Sophie doing something yeah, inside. I feel like they got like majorly sidetracked by Ruby Queen, yeah. so they could not go to like pursue that storyline. Yeah, yeah true. for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was just like endlessly frustrating with regards to to Sophie and and the the lack of deep connection that she can forge with other characters, especially now that like Julia's gone, <laughs> just gone off to Coriana. She I don't know. is she a collective sand. You know, you know, I don't figment know. of our imagination. You will never know. I hope she that she's somewhere on the beach, like drinking. She's probably you know, stuck in Coriana. Cocktails. Like, she, I bet she is. She is like deep in Coriana and like undercover. undercover. Yeah, <laughs> undercover. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in uh other parts of the episode I didn't I also didn't like the fact that Jacob shut down the clinic although I think one Anon pointed out that you know this is him showing love because he's actually paying attention versus like what he did with his other daughters which is not at all so yes but it's also frustrating because he just pops in knows maybe 10% of the fact and then just decides to make a decision he doesn't even know like all the good that she's done if you had just (laughs) you know whatever yeah instead of being like you know I'm really proud of you but here's why like you could get in trouble so like together to make it so that you won't you know what I mean like called you out for for not being shit and he's like you know I'm gonna show you how much I love you (laughs) It's frustrating because, like, I don't know his motivations. Like, what really drives Jacob? You know, other than just, I'm a dad. I need to find my daughter. That is but what it's drives like, Jacob. What do you mean? That's I his mean, whole life. That's but, like, <laughs> all he does. It's just so one note, you know? And it's yeah. so annoying Um, that he just, that's why he's always he's so hot and cold. Him and he's Sophie not have the same, like, him. issue. Because they're, like, both of their storylines are dominated by, like, one single personality trait. Yeah, because of crows. I feel like I feel like that's the common denominator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take everyone out of the crows. We will all yes. be better for it. Disband the crows, please. <laughs> Disband the crows. Crows out. <laughs> yeah, I did. What else? Uh, there was something else, and now I, I completely blanked. But it had to. Oh yes, like Ocean and Alice. Oh my god. I to tell you, I can't remember anything about that storyline. Just like. A lot of sitting, and there was somebody who replied to like my tweet on Twitter. Was like, "What do you mean it's taking so long? It just started." I was like, "No, she's been with Ocean for like at least a good two and a half episodes now, and there's been no real forward movement besides the fact that 
you don't remember? I don't remember. Oh my God. And then like, that's it. <laughs> they don't really get past that. I mean, like at the end of this episode, they seemed like they were actually getting somewhere because she used her little face tricks to pretend that she killed him or whatever, which was really clever. Right. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I just don't feel like the story or the story is just going really, really slow. And I would like it to move forward because it's just like watching them interact and they're just trying to figure each other out. And it's just exhausting to watch. <laughs> like over and over again so please just pick up the pace that is all I ask (laughs) well um, I think that my biggest problem with the episode is just um, well not necessarily my biggest problem but the first thing that I thought of was just that Luke is still just kind of like hi I exist in this world and I exist to be kind of dumb um, and, and Miss Kate, because <laughs> like the fact that it was like, uh, Ryan had to be like, so then you arrested Alice, right? Or then you called the cops on Alice and he was like, oh, yeah. hey, and then she's like, okay, fine. And also the fact, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm glad that Ryan called him out for like making her feel inferior and thus being the reason why she hid the kryptonite. But th- 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 that doesn't change that it happened, right? And <laughs> Luke hasn't really gotten better. Like they're like a little bit closer now, but it's still like everything is like a drag, you know, like, okay, I guess not gate. Um, and he only has like two minutes of screen time. So I'm like, okay, well then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on any of his storylines, like they mentioned the his dad last week and it's like crickets. Right. Exactly. And then didn't they mention the love triangle like before anything else? And there's yeah. nothing. There's not even a love line. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so that sucks for him. Um, also, yeah, Jacob, like you guys already said, you like, you know, him trying to like now suffocate <laughs> uh, Mary as part of his dad loving agenda is just not cool, bro. Don't do that. Um so like like you said, like it's like the one thing that makes me feel, you know, like I'm contributing to society and like I'm a part like and I make people feel like they are worthwhile contributions to society as well. And Jacob's like, well, I only live to um get paid by rich people in order to do shady acts of <laughs> justice. So I don't understand what you are talking about. Speaking of which, Hamilton Dynamics is another super shady, rich private company doing just like straight up murder. Like that crazy experiment in the beginning. They're like, oh, okay, let's do this. Oh, uh, yeah. You didn't try on a mouse first? Like, what are you doing? You just put it in a whole person. He just exploded. And you're like, all right, I guess we need a new patient. Um, that was so messed up. Um, so, yeah, there's just all these just corrupt organizations just roaming free. There's too many. Somebody's microphone. Come on. You hear that? No, okay, what is gone. the sound? Okay. It was no, like really yeah. staticky. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Okay. Well, I was just to say, all these corrupt organizations just roaming free, I think there's far too many. We only need one. We haven't resolved the crows yet. I don't need the crows to then have to handle Hamilton Dynamics when the crows need to fix themselves first. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I didn't. I did not need this added thing. Hamilton X just stayed in the background, not being important. <laughs> but now they have, you know, thrown their hat into the ring for Coriana, and that is very displeasing to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I do agree with what y'all are saying about Sophie, just in, as a general arc. Like, I like that specific moment, but I agree with you guys about the general arc of Sophie and how they've isolated her, and ma- they continue to make her, like, an antagonistic character. Even Jacob was less antagonistic in this episode than Sophie was. I like the <laughs> moment at the end when, you know, Ryan basically has to save Sophie, right? So she gives up the map. But mm-hmm. they haven't done much to earn that. 
Like mm-hmm. it would be cool if they were actually giving us like Ryan Sophie quality time. So that it's something that like Ryan wants to do anyway, because it's Sophie and not just because it's like a human being. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. um, That's all. Do we yeah. have? Yes, we do. Oh, yes. We do have feedback. We have quite a few feedbackers. <laughs> um, uh, first up, Marie, on Batwoman, agree with your podcast from last week um, about the dip in energy. Been over the Kate plot. Promise I'm not a hater, but up to me, she would have been buried and gone in 201. Um, just feel like if they didn't recast, and since we know Ruby Rose isn't coming back, they need to let her go. I liked Kate and even prefer her as the bat, and everything else, Ryan's got her beat to me. But, like, she's gone. Feels like the writers forgot about that or something. Ryan's great, and she's got so much potential to make her mark. Um, and yet, it's still the Kate show once again. I wanted them to type this plot before the mid-season finale, but it feels like this is a full-season plot, which, you know, I guess. Um, she's also not feeling Alice. Alice was tolerable when Kate was around, but I'm good in her Wonderland monologues. In season one, she was going after Batwoman because it was Kate. I feel like having her random chaos with a new Batwoman could be fun for an episode or two, but that's it. She just, she should have been written off. Um, she actually has a lot of Batwoman. Obviously, I put all of this stuff up on Tumblr, so I'll skip around a little bit and give some of the highlights, but it will all be up on Tumblr so you can read Marie's feedback in full if you wish. Um, on the good things, she liked Ryan and, and Luke coming together and the always keep bonding scenes with Mary and Ryan. Um, Angelique is definitely bad news, but she and Ryan are sweet. Um, she likes it for the most part, but don't think too deeply about it. Like seeing a black woman punch bad guys and be gay while doing it. But um, like one of y'all said, it's sometimes it's kind of corny because certain things come off as, and now for your daily reminder that Ryan is black, instead <laughs> of getting a genuine, a, an understanding of Ryan as a person, I get a feel for the quote unquote issues through Ryan, which, yeah. I said it, and I stand by it. It's kind of corny. But thank you, Marie. Um, Next up, we have Sonia, who is a first-time. We love first-timers. I think so. Welcome, Sonia. My sister's namesake. Mm -hmm. Sonia says, long-time listener of this amazing podcast. This is my first time I've given feedback because kind of shy, and schedule means sometimes I don't watch the episode straight away. It's okay. Thank you for sending us feedback um, for Batwoman. No, this was just a flash, I think. What did I re- no, you did have Batwoman. Yes. So her Batwoman feedback. This episode was better than last week's episode because the storyline, while still mainly being about finding Kate, was actually more interesting. So this is the one that paid attention. <laughs> um, really loved Angelique calling out that doctor at the hospital about implicit bias and Black women getting worse care. Hate Jacob for shutting down Mary's clinic. Really hope he realizes that what he's doing is wrong and doesn't do it because it's so important to Mary and he could just, you know, not be a huge dick. Um, Almost cried when Mary told Jacob that she was never really on his radar because just like the previous episode where she said that she and Evan would always fight for Kate's affection, she just seems to accept her fate as second best to all her loved ones. Mm. And I just want a happy storyline for Mary where someone loves her. Is that too much to ask? Oh, my God. Totally agree. Um protects mary nicole's got that like trending <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's interesting that ocean is a botanist hopefully that comes back to him somehow helping the team with the desert rose and growing them to help him to help them 
um, the scenes with Hamilton dynamics between the patient trials to try and recreate the cure were disturbing, to say the least, as were the scenes to do with Amygdala. Who is that? That was the dude that was the rage guy. Oh, the one that okay. we thought was like important. I was like, is his what's his name? I couldn't remember okay, his name. Okay. He had he had I, cancer I pressing against his amygdala. Yeah. <laughs> I did think that the actor did a brilliant job. He was honestly super scary. Um, and of course, thank God Luke finally realized how hard Ryan has had it doing all the superheroing while also basically dying of kryptonite poisoning and understood how much of it was his fault. Excuse me, his fault. Can't wait to see the bat team finally all on the same page. Um, and then Sonia has, uh, some more feedback and like I said, all, all of that will be on Tumblr. Um, and then I think Suara is the last Batwoman feedbacker and Suara says Batwoman was overall good. If a bit frustrating, I know that Ryan wanted to prove herself to Luke by hiding her injury, but was it really worth it to wait this long, especially when she knew Mary was a doctor from the beginning? I think the reasoning was contrived. Um, I like the tension. I yeah, I kind of because I feel like on the one hand, you know, if you don't have like insurance, like you're not going to the hospital for anything, and that's realistic. But also like right. your best, it's like nearly you live with a doctor who, who runs an illegal clinic. Like that's the exact place that you should go. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> um, he liked the tension between her and Angelique, but I didn't like how they broke up due to Sophie's interference. It seems that Ryan could have explained Angelique or Sophie. Could have listened to Ryan, so this also felt a bit contrived. Amygdala was okay as a villain, but not memorable. <laughs> no. <laughs> Except for being a violent, sick man. Also, I just don't care much about Alice's flatline and the continued search for Kate. Please just let it go, writers. So, thank you guys for your feedback. Um, I mean, I guess the episode did have something to say about, like, the abuses of the medical community and the science community. Yeah. But it was just so slow that I just... Sure. Didn't get. <laughs> 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 Moving on. <laughs> we, we didn't have. Do we have predictions? Because I, I can't. No. Think of... They're all gonna end up on Coriano. Yeah. That's, it. that's, that's <laughs> true. I also predict that they will all end up on Coriana. Perfect. So now we can move on to not side B, but you know part B of side A. Black <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> The B is episode, for black. The B is for black. <laughs> but the episode is called A Light in the Darkness. In light of Tobias Wales' dinner with Lynn and his latest nightmare, Jefferson visits Tobias and advises him to stay away from his family. That's Jennifer, Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Jennifer Beers and TC find out that Jefferson has been in Lala's cage fights and they snitch on him to Lynn. So we get another classic Pierce family blowout. Eventually, though, they both apologize and start to communicate for the first time ever, and Jefferson tells Lynn to take up Tobias's offer so they can secretly find out what his next plan is. Yay! Meanwhile, Gamby works with the Lauren Caruso chick to find a better power source for the DEGs, and he fixes that one millimeter off thing that would have killed, like, a billion people, um, but that only pushes back the production for, like, three days. And then she's like, let's have sex. And also... Let me show you this energy thing that Something is also that's bad. Potentially even more scary <laughs> exactly. than the thing that she was going to do the first time. Exactly. One. She does not have great radar for. <laughs> She's like, these seem like good ideas. <laughs> anyway, Grace moves back in with Anissa. We get an unnecessary fight about like where her stuff is and whether her stuff fits the vibe of Anissa's apartment. 
Um, and then we get a cute makeup but not quite makeout session. So I guess it was worth it in the end. Tobias meets with Mayor Billy Black, Anna Lopez, and Deputy Chief, whatever his name is, Hassan? about. No, not, no, no, well, no. not Hassan. The, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Robinson guy. Okay. I was not drunk during this episode. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> about about hosting an event, an, an event like like a gun buyback event in a, neutral in like territory. A yeah, 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 homeless shelter neutral territory sounds like yeah. the best plan ever. In um, the middle of the night, <laughs> <laughs> and the mayor was like, "You're no so one great, has Tobias." Good ideas on this show, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tobias, the mayor just really thought this was great. Um, uh, Wesley, however, is secretly working with Lala, so he snitches about the event, which was Tobias's plan all along, anyway. Um, in the meantime, I don't know why I put this here, but it's here. Uh, Hassan, he is at a bar that Jefferson is at, and everyone's talking about Black Lightning, and Hassan is like, Black Lightning saved me one time. He is my best friend. And Jefferson is like, noted. Hassan <laughs> could be on my side. <laughs> anyway, um, Grace joins Blackbird and Lightning at the event in her new wild form. Um, and then the 100 attacks, because of course they do. Uh, the heroes stop the 100, but Mayor Black is killed in the process. And then Lopez is like, if y'all hadn't been here, we all would have died, and not just the mayor, you stupid metas. So, so that helps Tobias then go on TV and be like, I will avenge the mayor against the metas, because the metas have done this, and we'll have DG soon to stop them. Thanks, everybody. But of course, Lopez doesn't know that it was Tobias' plan all along. He's the one that was behind it. He wanted the mayor dead. She is stupid. All right. Speaking of stupid Tobias people. <laughs> Jessica finds that that Fox News chick, Rebecca Larson, is still slandering lightning. Um, Me. I'm Jennifer. I was looking at you. Okay. I was looking at you when I said it. <laughs> Jennifer finds out that the Fox News chick is slandering lightning. Couple with the mayor thing. She's just having a really bad week. Okay. So Jefferson apologizes to Jennifer, gives her a really beautiful, you know, monologue about how they're going to be a family. Um, but she does not respond. And instead, she goes out to, you know, do lightning things again. And TC is like, hey, too many lightning things are happening. But she just keeps <laughs> on going. And then up in the ion ionosphere, ion sphere, um, <laughs> much to TC's dismay, she starts to crack up. She can't move. And she explodes. And that's the end of the episode. And I sure hope, I sure hope that those, her, her particles go up into the ionosphere and then come back and they reconfigurate as another actress so that Jennifer is not dead. <laughs> because that would be very displeasing. Yes. Or CGI so, or something like, CGI. It's, it's like maybe like Black Lightning spent its budget on CGI for <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> so. okay. All right. So what sparked joy? Well, I think Tobias sparked the most joy. This is just really sad because I thought he was just really smart this episode in the sense that he had a plan. He executed it properly. He played both sides. He knew what Lady he was doing. Lady with gumption nominee, right? Lady there. with gumption. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I just think like he was, you know, firing on all cylinders and we haven't, you know, Tobias has sort of been just there maybe for the last season and a half. But now it feels like he's hitting his stride again. And we I like that the storyline's actually showing us his full plan and how he's gaining all this power with regards to the mayor. You know, I don't know what he did in this episode specifically. I can't remember, but I was, I was like, did he brainwash the mayor? Is that why he's suddenly like uh, on yeah, his he, side? The mayor was like super... <laughs> 
excited. Yeah. Like the last time we saw them together, he was like, "Fuck you, Tobias." Yeah, I, he didn't I, trust him. On my role, payroll, or whatever. <laughs> and now they're like, "Oh my god, everything you say is like the bomb.com." Like, let's have dinner. Let's have a steak. You know, this yeah. is good. <laughs> yes, best friend. <laughs> Follow me back on Twitter. <laughs> so I guess like it worked because you know they they knew they were gonna kill off the mayor. <laughs> But he had everyone in his pockets. And, you know, for a bad guy, I'm like, I'm proud of you, Tobias. You know, you're getting you're getting things done. Um, also, Gamby is getting things done because he is out here trying Holy his best shit. playing both sides. Of the <laughs> Working with the lady. He's getting some love. And he's also preventing the DEGs from going well, out onto the streets yet. Love that for him. <laughs> so good for you, Gamby, you know. Amazing. I did like, uh, really like the scene with Jeff, even though he wasn't speaking like face to face with Jennifer, but just his whole speech uh, regarding like how hard it's been for him, how he messed up, how he's trying to be the man that she wants him to be. And, and all that stuff it was really heartfelt. It was really emotional. And I think that Chris Williams really did a good job delivering that because, you know, we've seen how far down the rabbit hole he's gone with regards to like his grief and just everything about his feelings towards being black lightning and whether Freeland needs him. So it was nice to have him have this moment <laughs> uh, with regards to like letting all of that out and trying to get back to the, that place. Cause even though he's not going to be in the same place he was in like season one, he's trying to work to get to a place where he's kind of, comfortable and moving on from certain tragedies and it was really nice yeah I liked I liked that speech just because um it's kind of it was kind of like a light bulb went off for him in the sense that you know he's been so much in his own grief and his own struggles that you know you don't necessarily see how your grief is is affecting you know his spiraling was affecting like his children and obviously his relationship with Lynn um and the facts that you know she had to find out randomly on the internet that her dad is in cage fights and getting beat up and all this kind of stuff um it's not like the proudest moment so it was like a a really good um for him to speak with his words his feelings with his words to his daughter and also to Lynn about you know opening up about where he's at and how he's trying to get back to um, a better place so that was a good scene wish that she had opened the door or said okay or something you know but it was it was really nicely delivered. And I agree with you about Tobias being one of the strongest parts of the episode because I just feel like he and I, I feel like um, you know, as you were talking about your likes, it kind of made me feel like it's paralleling season one Tobias, which is the best Tobias. And so now we're getting like season one two point <laughs> or something like that. Um, so he's getting back to basics and it's it's like the same play that he was running in season one because he was also trying to be go legit while still being a kingpin in season one um but you know lady eve was there and like all this other stuff so now he's coming out in the open again and having a little bit more success this time he even has um i think jefferson even said like you got your um knock off cyanide <laughs> and whatever the other goons like he the goons that he has this season 
never seen them before, but they do echo the the two from season one. So it's, he's kind of like they're redoing Tobias in you know the same fashion, and it's working. So I think that's that's really good. Um, the still don't really get his plan with for Lynn other than wanting to take her away from Jefferson at the moment. But like he he's got all this stuff going on. Um his deal with like the buybacks and him knowing that Lala would fall for this trap because Lala is predictable. All of that was really interesting. And the fact that he was able to not only kill the mayor, but also position himself as the new mayor, the unelected new mayor of of the city was pretty smart. Um, and I also thought Lala, you know, was pretty interesting in the fact that we got to see, again, like more of his um, powers or whatever coming into play. So if, like with mm. the DEGs, I thought it was like an actual police officer there, but it, it just turned out it was somebody that he had killed in the past. And he was like, you know, talking to him in his head. Um, and then he killed, like, some other, I don't know if it was the other guy or the same guy, but another face showed up on his hand. Like, yes, this is interesting. Um, I feel like, I don't want him to kill my metas, but I do want him to kill, like, a random meta to see. <laughs> <laughs> see what happens with it? <laughs> what would happen? Because <laughs> I'm still on that. I feel like that has to be a thing. Um, but yeah, and then um, the other joy for me, was just TC in general. Um, I really like him. And I like his dynamic with Jennifer and how he's kind of there. And with Yemi, like how they're incorporating him in these two separate age groups and plot lines. And I thought it was really funny how, you know, he's trying to relate to, like, he was listening to Kid and Play. And Yemi's like, what is it? So it's like a generation gap there. And and then when you have um, Jennifer and, and he's watching like the cage fights, he's like coming up with like Muhammad Ali references and all that kind of stuff. She's like, what are you talking about? You've never seen Fight Club? He's like, what is Fight Club? <laughs> and it made me realize that I totally forgot that TC was one of the like original Greenlight babies. So basically yeah. he's Jefferson's age. Mentally, he should be. Um, but he is the same age, like physical age as Jennifer. Yeah. So he's like frozen in time. So like all of his references Jefferson would get, <laughs> but he's like Jennifer's age. So I thought that was kind of cool. And I, I like that they brought out those details because I, I forgot totally. Um, so that was great. Um, Gamby, you know, he's living his best life. Finally. Yes. I do like that um, Jennifer, not Jennifer, that Lynn and Jefferson actually apologized to each other. They had a really ugly fight before that, which was not the best. But I like that they ended in a better place and in a more productive place for them to work together to spy on Tobias. Like, this is good. Let's let's continue going down this path, guys, because that, that was good. Um, Thunder Grace, I liked Blackbird and Wild on the field. And that's all I'm going to say about that. I thought that that sequence of events, you know, was the best part of their episode. Their, the their inter, inter, interactions. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I did like them in their costumes. Um, mm-hmm. I liked, I liked Grace taking on the name Wild and 
And then when she was like, reclaim it, babe, or whatever, because she's like, oh, that's your name. That's actually your name. She's like, yeah, I'm reclaiming it. Okay, cool. Um, speaking of, I did like, I did like when, you know, Anissa did the, like, the little surprise. This is your home, too. Why I'm framing your comic or whatever. I was like, okay, that's cute. <laughs> oh, that, that was like, it, you know, for all the other stuff, them bringing back the same comic that, you know, that Grace had when they first met was a nice touch. Yes, and that it was The Outsiders. So mm-hmm. a nice reminder that we could have had a storyline with The Outsiders and we're not. Yes. <laughs> but, but yes, it was, it was a good callback. You're right. Um, um, also, I really did love that Jefferson and Lynn had a real conversation that they made up that, um, like you said, it sets the Tobias plan in motion. We're finally going to try to get one up on Tobias. And also now we've opened up the lines of communication. Hopefully we'll be on a better page from now on, except, you know, if Jennifer derails that, we'll see. Um, but um, I did think Tobias setting up the whole mayor plot, having Lala play into it all, and double down, doubling down on the anti-meta agenda was great. Like this is like he's back on top to being the villain from number one, number one, from season one <laughs> that made Black Lightning, not that made Black Lightning, but that helped Black Lightning be so interesting and compelling in the first season. So it does feel like a piece to come back in place. Um, and like you, I also like getting to see more of Lala's powers play out and getting to see him as a power player play out instead of just like weird guy in the corner. Um, I also do love Gamby doing heroic. Oh, you know what I remember? Uh-huh. I also like that Lala was like Loki telling Jefferson to like sit your yeah. ass down somewhere. Yes. Like, really, like, he gave some practical advice. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Like, and if Lala is telling you to get your life together, then you know that you're right. Exactly. <laughs> you have a serious problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, I did like that part, but I like Cambie doing heroic math things, slowing down the production of the DEGs, like him getting laid, like him, you know, He's the one that has like all the intel on everything, um, and that helps him move between the two sides. Also, you know, when you wrote only TC for joy, I agree. TC is <laughs> full of joy. <laughs> He's a great dude. I liked him and Jennifer like just like not understanding each other at all in terms of like their pop cultural references because he's a green light baby. Um, that was great. Also, um, yeah, Hassan having respect for Black Lightning. That's great. I, I hope that, you know, Jefferson gets to hear more about how Black Lightning affected people's lives in the hopes that that will bring Black Lightning back. Yeah, it was a very corny scene, but it was effective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and Lopez is useless, so we need Hassan to not be useless. And yeah, that, that's, that's all I wrote. That's all she wrote. So what <laughs> was not joyful? Um, hmm, hmm. all the Jennifer stuff in general, just because because we don't get previews, we don't really know what's going on, and it's like Jessica said, you know, during her um live, she said that she's only gonna be in a handful of episodes with like you said four, right? Yeah. So it's like this was the fourth one, and she mm-hmm. just explodes in in the ionosphere or whatever it was called, and I'm like I'm concerned because I was really mad and um. Because this is like a terrible way for her to go out. She didn't share any scenes with any of her family. She had one scene with Anissa and Grace. And it's really odd that she didn't have any scenes with Jeff specifically because he gave that speech. And like when she found out about the Fight Club stuff, Lynn was the one to talk to him. And I was like, this is really strange. You know, why would you set it up that way? Um, Only for her to go into, into the atmosphere and then just 
not be there anymore. So it's like, especially since there's there hasn't been that many family scenes in general this season. And she has been going up into the ionosphere without them knowing, right? I don't think that they even know she can do that or anything. I think they, I think they know, but they don't know that it's a high quote unquote that she's getting addicted to. They didn't really know the extent of it. She just kind of like brushes it off when Lynn, because like Lynn was in the bathtub trying to figure out how her powers work to see like, what's she doing on there? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. And I feel like if this was the way that they were going to send her off, it's annoying that they didn't have any more buildup to it because they wasted last episode on her uh, tackling that little, you know, lying news lady. And this episode, it was just her finding out about her dad. So it's not, it's like, not a yeah, personal like, story, you know? And it's not, it's not any story. Like she only, if you only have four episodes with an actress, why set up this whole news lady reporter? Why right. get her on social media? Like it just does not make any sense if you're going to like, cut it off at episode four yeah and if they're gonna like i hope they explain it in any other way because if she's honestly gone and we've already had to deal with jeff dealing with henderson's death for the last Mm -hmm. year and on top of that jen like Mm -hmm. i this is not gonna make any sense you know Mm -hmm. so it's just a really bad way to to send her off and even if they're not it's just like it's confusing and i would like some more answers and just closure any closure for that matter and it just felt like there was there was nothing and if she dies like i feel like this just shows canceled to me in my head <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be recapping superman yes. and lois suddenly <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was like my biggest thing and just the fact that everything else besides like tobias's storyline feels stalled right now um Jeff continues to do the fight club thing. Lynn continues experimenting with her powers, but I don't feel like they didn't have, they didn't have that much going on. And then like Lopez is there and she's just like, I hate metas. I'm like, okay, that's not a personality. (laughs) So it feels like she, that that's her motivation, but we don't really don't understand her or where that's really coming from. Right. So that's annoying. And it's just, I don't know. There's just like so much, wasted potential in this episode for them to have built more familial scenes oh and grace and anissa speaking of familial scenes like they're together she woke up last episode they got married and suddenly it's like we're having our first big fight i'm like i don't i don't understand this stupid <laughs> shit they argue over this is the dumbest shit about like oh your stuff doesn't match my vibe like these are girlfriend problems this is yeah. a girlfriend fight this is not a wife fight they've been living <laughs> together for over a year exactly. last season exactly. that was a season to be like your shit doesn't match my vibes yeah. not like you wake right. up out of that a coma so and I rush to get married to you but hey this is not your house so you yeah. can't you, you <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's especially it, weird because Anissa <laughs> should have been like you know jumping to go get her stuff back you know like yeah i definitely thought it was going somewhere else like i thought it was going like i got rid of it because i didn't think you were coming back kind of thing you know that would have been like something interesting but instead it was like no i put it in storage because it just didn't match yeah (laughs) yeah it sounded just like very kind of shallow and i'm like this could have gone this could have been more emotional but it wasn't <laughs> so then it's just like, okay, we did this fight, we're gonna kiss and make up, and then that's that on that. I'm like, okay. It, it, it was just like a really stupid way to get to like the comic. Which... Yeah. <laughs> she could have even just been like, Oh, this wasn't storage. I went to get your stuff. I found it. Like, look, yes. we're married now. This was our first meeting. Like, make it cute, but that's not what they chose. So it 
They chose violence. I'm, yes, <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, that that scene just like aggravated me so much. Um, and then that's on top of all of the other stuff in this episode. Like the before the makeup, the Jefferlyn like really nasty fight about you know cage fighting versus and I, like. I don't know how Jefferson thought that he had like any leg to stand on with like the whole like Tobias whale situation and her not saying he, he got like so unraveled not only with Lynn, but also like the decision to go to Tobias himself, like him getting mad at Gam. Cause I think at first, like he was yelling at Gam because Lynn hasn't told me about this dinner and da 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 da. And, Je- and then like Gam was like, well, are you in the best like mental place to receive that right now? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> and then he he takes from that and makes like the decision to like go to Tobias himself. And it's just like it's he's not playing on the same chessboard that Tobias is playing on right now. He like showed his hand completely in front of Tobias, and Tobias has the complete upper hand right now in that dynamic because Jefferson has just like lost it and he's unraveled and all this other stuff. Um, so he was not making the best decision. So I'm, I was really happy by the end of the episode where they got to a place of Jefferson and, and Lynn like working together. Cause, and hopefully that means the end of these nasty fights. Cause it was like, <laughs> I think I put it on Twitter, like I hate it here. <laughs> like I want to go home <laughs> like this. Um, so I'm glad that's over. Um, and then, like, Jennifer's whole, like, like we were saying earlier, like, the whole storyline, um, for it to be, and I, I, I still could be mistaken, she could show up next week, I don't know, but I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, I feel like 99.9% sure that in her live, when she was talking about it, she said she'd only done, like, four episodes, and this was number four, and it's such a shitty way to end her character as Jennifer on the show, the family's not in a good place. Why? What was the whole point of the social media and building up this like antagonism with this Fox News lady? You know, um, the Fox News lady in general is just like annoying. But you know, that's that's that. Um, but like, it was set up to go nowhere almost, and for that to be her final scene. The fact that Jefferson did all this stuff, like made this apology to her, to Jennifer, and there's no acknowledgement of that. They don't get to interact during that scene, and she just kind of goes out like and explodes in the air. Like the only person that knows, the only person in her family that knows about it is TC. And like you're saying, we just got over. Like Jeff is, is still not finished with Henderson's death. So why would you have him? go through all of that and say all of that to her through the door, not be able to talk to his child face to face and then kill her off potentially. And it's, you know, cause we don't get trailers. So we don't know what's happened to her or how he'll find out what's happened to her. It just feels like just like a really bad thing to do to Jefferson. Who's already barely survived the previous death that was close to him. Um, None of the family is in any kind of situation where they even talk. Like Anissa got married and tell nobody. And now Jennifer is in the atmosphere and no one knows. It's just like really, I don't, I, don't, I really don't 
understand how Selena McKeel can just like do this to this show and do this to people, this the fandom that were riding for the show, and then expect us to like, hey, but watch Painkiller. <laughs> like, like why yes, would you? Exactly. Why would you? Why would you think I would trust you <laughs> with another valuable? part of my fandom like time like I don't understand like why you thought that you know I absolutely agree with everything (laughs) you're saying right now (laughs) I don't even have much to add but like speaking of painkiller it feels like this is like I guess just the thing that would like a somehow wake Jefferson up even though I think that more realistically it would just make him dive deeper into madness Mm -hmm. but whatever let's say they might use it to wake Jefferson up and then also might use it for Tobias to Tobias for Khalil to like show up, come to town, and be like, "Oh, that's so sad." Alexa played Esposito. Now let me do <laughs> painkiller. <laughs> but, but like, yeah, it's just such a weak way to go out. Like, she could have gone out. Like, they had the the stupid. They they went to go stop the the mayor thing, right? She could have gone out to protecting someone or whatever. If yeah, was that go. too. Yes, um, I didn't like that because that was another thing that was on her, um, the from the Fox News lady saying that she was a bad person, and mm. then Lopez being like, "You're the reason why the mayor died." All of right. that was on her as well. So I didn't like any of that. No. Yeah, it's like the worst possible way for like state of um, like being for her to be in mm-hmm. when she dies, you know? And then for her not to even have said anything to her dad in response. We don't even know if she received what he was saying to her. If she understood it or if she agreed or if she was, you know, whatever. We don't know what she was feeling about it because they were just like, "Let me just go into the atmosphere." However, well, actually, let me I have I now that you were giving your speech, I I have predictions now. I have mm-hmm. a prediction. But back to things I didn't like. Anything about Jennifer's storyline, exactly. And also the majority of Anissa and Grace's storyline. And like you already said so perfectly, how all these things are just happening in isolation. Nothing is tying back thematically. Nothing is tying back to the family. We don't feel a sense of connection. Jennifer and and uh, Jefferson, I don't know if they even had scenes together this entire season. Certainly not this episode. And they absolutely, there was no reason for them not to, like on the other side of the door, oh. you know? So it's like, what is going on here? What is there like an invisible barrier? Like, why can't we <laughs> go back to the way we were? Um, I don't know. I don't I don't like what they're doing with the Pierce family. It doesn't feel like I don't, you know, it felt like a family that you just want to like spend time with in the early seasons. Mm-hmm. And now you're like, oh, okay, people. <laughs> I'll hang out with TC and Gamby. Yeah. Like, why, is, <laughs> why, why are they the ones making the most sense? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, yeah, Lopez sucks. I don't. She's not contributing. It's, we don't even need her to just like be an extra person that doesn't like Merez or that doesn't like Black Lightning or whatever. You know, she is useless to me. Um, so I don't like her. Okay, we have feedback. Yes. And, okay. Um, so Marie sent Black Lightning feedback, and when I find it, I will read it. Okay, so where is it? Okay, speaking of things that need to happen, because um, you're talking about investigative journalism for you know Iris and the Flash, and you're like speaking of that, um, things that need to happen on Black Lightning, Thunder Grace. Now, what in the let's wrap this shit up with that? <laughs> Come on, writers. 
They've always been an afterthought, but this wedding was laughable. Grace didn't even get time to use the washroom, brush her teeth, and nothing. And this is said, marriage now, and that was it. I think they have potential to be really great, but their relationship is written so badly at a, in a quick wedding does not help the relationship development make. Nope. So that was, um, I think that was obviously from the feedback from last week, but yeah. Um, and then Suara says, Black Lightning was also overall good, but some of the story choices frustrated me tremendously. Uh, what I did like, though, was Jeff and Lynn's reconciliation and Lynn coming clean with Jeff. This felt like an organically earned argument between them. It just frustrates me that it took this long. I actually find the prospect of them working to double-cross Tobias, playing him at his own game, very intriguing. I just pray it doesn't result in Lynn being hurt in any way. Please, please do right by her writers. While I'm so glad we're getting our Thunder Grace content, it's so divorced from the rest of the plot and feels like something the writers made up at the last minute. They disagree on how to organize our apartment. So compelling. <laughs> well, it's of course good to have a semblance of normalcy like this. Making it their main story in the episode just felt so tacked on. And showed to me how little the writers have cared about developing their relationship. Such shame. Speaking of which, why give us a cliffhanger with Jen? This teasing of something bad happening to her is not clever or good in any way. I think she just turned into energy as she does in the comics. But the way it's being done feels off it's also disrespectful to china after all the incredible work on the show i hope she and jen get the respectful and uplifting they ending they both deserve um and that is all of the black lightning feedback and i think for me because uh, i think that Suara. i don't know if this is the same as your yes Suara just took my prediction um yeah. but yeah so i think she'll be energy i'm sure they'll have to like contain her in some way and that'll save off needing her for however long um, maybe they already filmed whatever, you know, her resurrecting, if you will, scene, which is just like she comes back and hugs her dad or something, end of show. Um, but also that reminded me of the supposed rumor about a flash crossover because they might like it's possible that they might need Barry as either advice or literally Barry to gather her oh, particles. Put her in the particle accelerator. Have her hang out there for a while. Exactly. Just for storage. We'll, <laughs> we'll bring her out when she fits in Issa's vibe. Don't worry. So. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to say kind of like similarly the same thing. Because like, um, when I was talking about the CGI budget, the only reason that made me feel a little bit better had nothing to do with the show, but China retweeting, because she's retweeting all kinds of stuff about um, Jen on Twitter. And she, or no, she didn't retweet, but she liked it. Um, tweets of Jennifer and her energy form, like comic book um, panels. And so that's what made me like, she was like subtly trying to be like, I'm not dead, y'all. Look, energy coming <laughs> from the comics. And so that's what made me think maybe they will do like some kind of like CGI budget where she looks humanoid, but not really human. So and you can just do that with like anybody. And maybe like it also distorts her voice or something like that. So it's not, not China, but it's, you know, China's body double. That's CGI, whatever. I and then take that, that will over be... Death. I would take that as well, yeah. Yeah. I just wonder if, like, are they going to just, like, bring in China to do, like, ADR lines? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm saying, like, if it's, like, if her if her energy voice is distorted, then you don't oh, actually... Okay, then you don't even need China. Okay. Yeah. I accept, I, I guess. 
Um, so <laughs> I guess that's the end of side A. And now we can finally move on to side B, uh, Cosmic Neural Network. And uh, the only show on side B is The Flash, and it wins for best title of the week, All's Well That Ends Wells. Because that is so true. If something <laughs> ends wells, then it is well to me. Okay. Uh, with 1% <laughs> of his speed force left, Barry has been keeping himself cryogenically frozen, only waking. <laughs> like, he doesn't need to go home because Iris isn't there. So he's just like, let me just sleep in a pod. <laughs> <laughs> only so waking. Sad. I know it is. Sometimes. This man is so depressed. <laughs> Please well, I mean, read Iris slept in the white house and Barry wasn't home. So That's they're true. both like, they can't live without each other Um, only waking when Eva is spotted destroying remnants of black hole tech Barry tries to convince her to stop and release his wife but to no avail she destroys Sam Scudder who turns out to have been her first duplicate in front of Rosalind Dillon during her latest attack Cecile then tries to interrogate Dillon and learns that she was also once an empath who began to turn people's emotions on them and she's the real mastermind behind Scudder's crimes. Now she's working with Eva. <laughs> Cecile then uses her full powers against Dylan, thanks to the tricks she learned from Rosa herself. Thank you, Rosa. Um, and gets her to reveal that Eva plans to use a bomb to destroy a black hole plane over Central City, which will kill many people. And therefore, we do not want it. Why? why? I don't know that we know why that she chose to do that. Well, she just hates black hole things. But she's going to kill... She don't care, I guess. She just don't care. She's just like, mm. I was like, I don't know what's happening here, but <laughs> save the day is fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I feel like if all she wanted was to destroy Black Hole, then the just only destroy the Black Hole building. Yeah. 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 Uh, whatever. Anyway, I don't know why Barry couldn't be like, okay, I will destroy all Black Hole things if you give me Iris back. Like, can we just work together on this? Like, what's the problem? <laughs> but anyway, meanwhile, Nash and the Wells is. Sorry, Nash and the Wells is occupying his mind. It's not the band, Nash and the Wells is. Realize that the best way to activate the artificial speed force, which has been created in order to give Barry, you know, like 80% of speed instead of 0.1%, um, requires something, something, an organic conduit, which would kill him for reasons. Um, <laughs> he doesn't want to die. So he convinces his fake daughter, Allegra, that uh, the only way to save Barry is to use her powers to transfer the multiversal power or something, somethings, the other Wells is into this little like sphere. Um, and Chester agrees, even though he told them not to do it. He's like, okay, fine, let's try. Um, but Chester's always right. It fails. And now the Wells are in Barry's mind, which allows Grant Gustin to mock Tom Cavanaugh for several minutes. And it is great. She's then always been his dream. Yeah. <laughs> With three minutes left to stop this plane, Nash finally decides to have some character development. And he sacrifices himself and all the Wellses to power the artificial speed force. Nash's essence, much like Jennifer's, I guess, is absorbed into it. <laughs> and Barry's speed is restored. And he removes the bomb from the jet. Yay, Barry! Elsewhere, Iris attempts to escape from the Mirrorverse, but keeps getting interrupted by sexy versions of her past and future self. Um, in temptation of Barry <laughs> Allen style. <laughs> they all try to make her doubt herself and tell her she's gone crazy. But eventually she realizes it's just Eva messing with her and decides to ignore them. Instead, she writes like a message to the outside world or like a blog post or an email. I don't remember what she does, but it apparently works because there's like a whirlpool on the screen. And then in the promo, Allegra's like, we got a message <laughs> from Iris. Um, finally, Eva sees footage of the night that the particle accelerator exploded. 
and she realizes she's the duplicate. The real Eva died on impact after crashing into the mirror. Dun, dun, dun. So, <laughs> Carver was right on. Yeah, Carver was yeah. Carver <laughs> plot twist. He told her. This is so funny because it's like everyone she recruits has a vendetta against like their boyfriends or partners or whoever. Yeah. And they're all men. It's like now I'm like, hmm, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he still sucks, even yeah, if he, he was did. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So what brought joy? Um, Candace is top tier acting all of the joy. Um, I, I really liked what little we got to see of Iris versus Iris versus Iris um, was really, really good. And especially her season one. Um, season one, Jitters Coffee Iris was was the best one of the different versions. But we also had to see Milf Iris, which was just pretty interesting because I don't think we got to see like a lot of her during um, Nora's storyline. So that was also cool. But what I liked the most about that because they weren't saying great things, and I know like when we saw like, the sneak peek or or clips or whatever people like oh why is why would iris say this stuff about herself it turns out she wasn't saying this stuff about herself eva was saying this stuff about iris to make iris feel insecure and all of that and so it was really nice when we get to the moment where iris realizes that this is eva these are you know not iris's feelings about how she sees herself but this is someone else's projecting things onto her um and she's able to like break free of that and reveal eva being behind um these like mirror copies so i thought that was that was really good um i also liked her little before before all the irises came in like her little um mirage date with barry and all of their different foods i'm like (laughs) i think i tweeted something about you know this must be their favorite. All they like to do is eat all the time and then Barry's metabolism. <laughs> it makes sense because of Barry's metabolism. Like, I was going, like, I think it's just taught to you. It's like, like, she means, like, you know what? I, I read this wrong. I was like, well, did you? Because it could work on multiple levels. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a little something, something there. And they were like, yeah, yes. they were interrupted. It so. was time to eat. They, they were about to get it on. And, uh, and then she was like, like wait a minute. Yeah. This is not, this is not reality. <laughs> Um, but I liked all of that. Um, and I also like that she's gaining more control of the mirrorverse and, um, the times where she's like confused about, you know, the little mirror pools showing up. And then I caught that, um, the email thing, because when it happened, I was like, I wonder if this will go to the real world. Cause it, you know, it, it looks like what Eva would do. She was like sending something out. Um, and then we got the trailer, obviously, like, a was like, there's a message from Iris. So yay me for a prediction coming true immediately. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really, and it goes, no, I'm going to stop it right there. But I like, I like that um, she's able to gain more control of the Mirrorverse because it brings her on a more level playing field with Eva. And clearly Barry's not going to be able to defeat Eva anytime soon. So um, maybe it'll be a showdown between Eva and Iris. Um, I also thought the seal storyline was actually interesting and, um, just the fact that they gave her storylines aren't usually interesting. 
because um, <laughs> they gave her these powers is like I feel like they gave her powers as a joke during the whole pregnancy thing and to kind of like be a red herring for the Nora West Allen um, coming into the show so I don't really think that they had any long term plans for her powers but then she had her pregnancy she had her baby and she still has powers and so and they weren't doing anything for it for a long time um, but apparently Eric really likes Cecile and powers and this season, they're actually seeming like they're going to be doing something with it. Um, and I think it's it's an interesting place to go uh, with Vertigo. And, um, you know, I think I think there was like a, a interview afterwards where Eric was talking more about what does this do to Cecile? Because for uh, Rosa, she went in the bad direction with, you know, growing from an empath and then becoming whatever she is at the top she took it in a bad direction so as Cecile becomes more powerful what does that actually mean because she came back full force in projecting her fear onto this girl to get her to 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 tell her about like the the plot so there's there could be like story there like you know when is she crossing the line and all that kind of stuff so we'll see where that goes but it was interesting and she actually was able to do something to help push the story along. So that was really interesting in, in this episode. Um, <laughs> maybe she'll actually do more than just look at people really hard. <laughs> it was just what she's been doing. <laughs> um, Grant giving his favorite Kavanaugh as blah, 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 Wells impressions was really, really funny. Um, even if it was a ridiculous storyline anyway for Barry to be in when he's in like a really stressed out point in his life to have to like, a million Wells's in his head. Like he has suffered enough. <laughs> now he's got Wells in his head. Um, Nash dying. Joy. <laughs> and dislike that it took way too long <laughs> for him to die. <laughs> but the whole like, you know, when he just found out that he had to be the organic receptor or whatever. It's like, yes, this sounds like a plan. Let's get it moving. All right. So um, no secret that not a Wells fan or a Nash fan so did you know kill him <laughs> I don't care um did not miss Caitlin or Frost at all um barely missed Cisco like there's a moment like oh Cisco but didn't really miss Caitlin or Frost I thought mm-hmm. J- team JV of Chester and Allegra made a really good combo and I think they did a really good job um manning the fort so they were really good as well I think that's all the main the highlights. I think Grant playing all the wells sort of reminded me of his amnesia in like season three. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though that storyline was much better. <laughs> but uh, I, I did do, like, I like the halo. I like the visual of the halo. Like, oh. Yeah. Yeah, that looked really cool. And I think that he did the best with um Sherlock. Or no, I actually liked him as Harry. Harry Wells was my favorite Wells, obviously. Um, and I think that, like, that moment of him kind of explaining that all the Wells weren't exactly, like, great guys. I was like, yes, this is true. <laughs> so like, it was like, have, like, some self-awareness. All Wells are both <laughs> Exactly. So, like, that stuff was good. And obviously, like, the acting was good there. Um, but, yeah, I'll get to that later. Okay, Candace's um, Iris plotline. Amazing. Clearly not enough time spent on it. I like that by seeing like the different irises, we kind of also see because it tied into like her being the woman she is today and Ava not being 
okay with who she is because she's not even herself at the end, <laughs> really. Um, but it was nice because it shows like how much Iris has grown from like the pilot to now and like the woman that she has become and like just such tremendous growth and like where she is and how comfortable she is with who she is um, despite everything. And I like that. And I like that it was confirmed, like you said, that it wasn't her talking at herself and like with all these self doubts, you know, I, you know, a, a good mind fuck is always fun, a fun episode. And it kind of like mirrors a little bit, uh, like Barry's uh, speed oh, force um, line trip with uh, blood work. Yeah. Even though, you know, it should have gone the whole episode, but I, I got just, <laughs> so that was really nice just to kind of see like where she's been, who she is now, where she's going. And um, I especially like the pilot one too. Cause I'm like, this woman hasn't even aged. Like she right? looks great. What the hell? Yes, <laughs> I love that. Amazing. And I just love that pilot outfit too. Yes. 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 So good. It's amazing. And we got to see like most of it. Cause I think we didn't really get to see all of it in the first episode. Um, or at least not to the like the way that I don't know the camera panned down, I guess. But all of that was great. And I like that she, you know, she seems to be taking like control of the mirrorverse, but also being confident in her abilities within the mirrorverse. Like she's no longer she's still sort of like scared. She's typing unsure. backwards. Yes. <laughs> Amazing, you know, and this kind of like Whereas we saw Ava being uh, sort of unhinged earlier when she was in the mirror and like scratching and doing all these things with with her, like her face, like she's not really all there. Iris completely is, and she's like gaining more control. More, she's more you know sure of herself in the mirror, and it's nice to see that because like finally it feels like this story is moving forward uh in a way that you know she'll probably get out hopefully by the end of the next episode and also like her and you know team flash are finally going to be on the same page so she won't just be saving herself we hope um i also like to see a storyline because like you said you know usually she doesn't get that much to do or her powers are just sort of silly and you know it's like, go talk to her. I feel things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and here it was actually something like the fact that she took tops, whatever top said and used that against her was really, really clever. I was like, oh, Cecile, <laughs> that was really good. Um, so it'd be interesting to see like where that goes in the future. And also the fact that Sam Scudder was not somebody I expected to see again. And the fact that they, uh, I don't know if it's like a post-crisis thing or just them wanting to retcon it in general that. Ava created him and he was her first because we've discussed before like Ava couldn't have just created like she had to have different versions of different mirror versions of people right like before and now we actually get confirmation that she did have other people in her employ I guess um, so all of that was great and, and it kind of puts into like the, the timeline or the chronology that because we we originally were introduced to Sam Scudder as the mirror master mm -hmm. And now it's like a different spin on it. If he was a duplicate of Eva's and it kind of, I kind of makes you want to go back. It's like, what was he doing? Yeah. And how was he, like, what was he was playing there? You know? Yeah, exactly. So it's like a nice little, you know, tidbit. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that especially with, with top, you know, she played the whole like, Oh, I'm so I'm in mourning. Like you killed my lover or whatever. And that's just <laughs> like, I wanted her to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that was really fun. And just yeah, Nash dying. I Nash is my least favorite Nash. Nash. Well, least favorite Wells. <laughs> and I'm really really glad he's gone because honestly like his storyline was so long 
over the course and of the season. Like smothered Allegra's. Like, it let smothered her Allegra's. Yeah. It was whole like, oh, I did this in crisis. I was like, buddy, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was really nice that he was gone, even though it did take a long time for it to happen. But another Wells gets sacrificed. Yes. It's <laughs> oh, back to you weirdly. Like, didn't you die, sir? No. Like, why are you yeah, that's true. I guess I don't know. The multiverse brought. I guess back. that maybe that was like Grant, one of Grant's favorite wells was HR. He's like, I want to do this one. They're like, okay, right. great, sure. Or maybe it's just like their particles are still in the multiverse, kind of thing. You know? Yeah. Like maybe okay. that's what it was. Okay. Because technically, they think Harry is dead too. Like they don't know Harry could be alive. And yet Harry was just hanging out. Because remember, they thought Harry died in crisis. Oh, yeah, that's but true. Harry is just like, hi, I'm here. Harry. So anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, which is kind of funny, but what was I going to say? Okay, yeah. So blah, blah, blah. Grant doing the Wells's. Yes. Love that. That was lots of fun. Also, I did think that the, the Wells farewell was good. And the conversation between Harry and Nash where... Harry makes him realize, like, hey, yeah, of course, you came here, like, needing more from Barry and the team than you were giving, but that helped, that's helping you grow into this person that's now going to make the sacrifice or whatever, you know? Because we were all like that. All of us were shitty, stupid versions of ourselves, and then because of Barry, because of the team, whatever, you know? We learned a lesson. We came to teach, but we learned. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I did like that, because it does help, you know, thematically pull together all the different echoes of Wells's. It's all has been the same storyline, except for Thon. Um, so yeah, I like that a lot. Um, I also really liked, um, I just liked that Chester and Allegra got time to shine in this episode. They got to step up and really be part of Team Flash and sort of integrate themselves. And now we get a feel for like what they, what they bring to the team and what they are like as a unit on the team. And we got to see a little bit of their dynamic and, you know, whatever friendship we have to assume has developed between them, even though we haven't really seen that many scenes beforehand, now we're getting a better feel for them. So that was nice because it can get really crowded when you've got all of the, all of the shows cast in star labs. So just having three of them and not being the same usual three that we're used to is good. Um, outside of that storyline, I did really like the Cecile um, and top storyline. I like that we're, I like the getting to see the um, defender, whatever side of Cecile, right? Getting to see her like doing her little bit of law business. Um, and also, I loved the reversal with Top. I love that she was pretending like she was a grieving girlfriend and then she was like, actually, I'm a mastermind. And, you know, as villains do, get carried away with their, with their ego. Exactly. <laughs> with their villainous monologue, she gave Cecile the exact trick she needed to turn things around, which was great. So now we're going to get to see Cecile use her powers in more active ways that will hopefully make them more exciting. Um, I also, I thought the Ava reveal was great. Um, it was surprising. It definitely calls into question, like, what she'll do next, right? Even though we haven't really been clear on what her plan is, aside from destroy all remnants of Black Hole, now it's like, is this going to humanize her further, right? Like, when she realizes this is not actually her fight? Um, or is it going to make her go wild, right? Mm -hmm. We don't know. So that will be interesting. Um, and I really loved Candace's performance. I would have loved to see more of it. I liked the whole, that it was kind of like a Iris version of The Temptation of Barry Allen. Um, and that she was smart enough to figure out that it's not actually her going crazy. 
but that it's Eva trying to make her feel crazy. Um, I like that we're finally getting some progress, right? She was able to, like, you know, beam a message home or whatever she did. Um, so I'm looking forward to that um, turning the tables or opening up a new door or a mirror in next episode. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's 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 all I got. I also, I also didn't miss Caitlin or... Actually, you know what? I'll say that later. Okay. So what did we not like? What was not joyful? Um, well, like you said, not seeing more of the Ayers storyline. I feel like it was very weirdly placed because we get like a, a, te- a teaser in, in the beginning. And then there's like 15 minutes of straight nothing from her. And then we get like another longer teaser in the middle and then it's another like huge gap of nothing so it's, it was and it would cut out at like a uh you know what do you call it words a very like high energy place like a little bit of a cliffhanger kind of thing like what's gonna happen and then we don't really find out what actually happens until 20 minutes later like that's not really good pacing you know um so that that wasn't great, just writing wise or narratively how they paced that out. Um, Nash, like I said, it took him too long to die. <laughs> I didn't like that he threw Allegra under the bus and put her in danger again because we know that in his original world with his original Allegra, he had her convinced her to do something that he thought was dangerous for him to do. And he didn't want to die, so he had her do it, and she died. And here again, you have learned nothing. <laughs> and you're going to convince Allegra that, yes, this is going to work. This is going to be great. And have her do something dangerous to save yourself. And, you know, so I didn't really like that. And then because of that, things go wrong. Barry is in danger now because if he loses his 1%, he's just going to die. Like all the wells are just going to explode in his mind. And you have Allegra and Chester, two newbies to this team, blaming themselves. Like, oh my God, we killed Barry (laughs) for something that Nash knew was going to happen all along that this probably was not going to work. Like he knew it. And now he's like throwing these kids under the bus because he didn't want to do something. And I get it. Like he didn't want to die. Fine, whatever. But like you, you know, he he's just not he doesn't have like a really good track record. And I didn't like that he stayed silent so long while Allegra and Chester beat themselves up over something that was not their fault. Um Yeah. And he had this like long dramatic like when he did actually commit to dying <laughs> and he had this like long dramatic speech, which felt like it could have been, but I'm just like Iris is still in the mirrorverse, you know. People, Camilla's gone, Singh is gone. Like, I don't have time for you to be like, you know, Barry to be like, no, Wells, don't do it. And Chess like, no, Wells, don't do it. Like, do it, Wells, because like we we've got to go. Like, we are on like a time crunch here. So like, you know, and for it to not be Tom Cavanaugh's, like, le- this is like the opposite of what Black Lightning did. <laughs> for it to not be Tom Cavanaugh's. Last episode in the Flash, they spent way too long acting like it was his last episode on the Flash, so that was like whatever. Um, the fact that Barry was like crying over Nash and like how how will I survive without you without a Wells? I'm like you will survive just fine, okay? 
<laughs> you will be all right. It was a hindrance. <laughs> it's like you were you had a third leg. <laughs> yeah, like oh my god, shut up, Barry. <laughs> um, Barry being punished just with infinite wells when he should be looking for his life. The fact you know. And, like, it did remind me of, of the 321 episode when Barry had amnesia. And that was also, like, in the middle of, like, a very stressful, should he be having amnesia right now <laughs> kind of place in the storyline. But, like, this one, I, I get, like, they're trying to, like, echo that or something like that or have, like, some comedy moments so it wasn't just stressed out. But, and I also get that it wasn't supposed to be a, it was supposed to be a filler episode for season six and not the premiere episode of season seven. But it just felt out of place for where Barry should be in terms of focusing on stopping Eva and getting his wife. It was a very like not well-timed side quest to go on. Um, do you have a daughter, Joe? Like, and I saw some people on Twitter also like point this out when Barry is like debriefing Joe and Cecile um, at the CCPD about Eva and where she'd been and all this kind of stuff. And Joe was just very calm <laughs> And he doesn't really seem concerned at all that Iris has been stuck in a mirror for however long. So, do you have a daughter, Joe? Like, what's what are you doing to I aid? It's in... like unnecessary because it didn't add anything to the plot. Right. Like, what are you doing <laughs> to aid to this, sir? Um, we spent the whole episode on a manufactured speed force story that should have only taken it should only taken five minutes to be like, look, we have this fusion thing figure out how to power it, boom, and then we move on. But that because Nash didn't want to die, <laughs> he wanted to take one for the team, we had to like, spend an entire episode on Barry, you know, what happens if Barry loses this 1%? Like, I feel like that 1% was, like, not very speedy and how long <laughs> it was able to last until they could finally get through 42 minutes to get to the place where he could finally use the fusion thing and get get speed i don't know i'm confused i didn't i didn't think eva had the strongest storyline like when she's like looking at computer like why are you looking at a computer like i didn't get those scenes um i get that it was to get to the the video of her seeing her death i was confused even on the whole dying thing because i'm like she was she hit the mirror and she's like lying on the ground. Like, I don't understand. Like where, where did she, die? I don't know. The way that it was shot was confusing to me. It made sense to her <laughs> that she died. So like, okay. <laughs> I'm, just like I'm She just hit the mirror like, and then a copy of her just automatically occurred on the other side. And then really? she actually okay. died. Okay. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I would like to know if it's like a special mirror, if it's a special location, like on this planet, or if it's, but it was during the particle accelerator explosion, yes, right? Yeah, during the yeah, but it still happened. Like Iris, oh, okay, because someone was in the mirror, so they could grab Iris. That's what the difference yes. is. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Are those all your okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree with like all the Wells stuff because, you know, especially with with the Nash Wells, who is honestly just like one of the worst. He's on the level of Sherlock, probably, of uh, being just terrible at being around, being helpful. And being just super selfish, like you said about the whole Allegro thing, I was like, oh yeah, he did. Like he just let her die the first time around on another planet, mm-hmm. and now he's doing, trying to do the same thing, and that's just wrong. So the fact that he got like this long episode to die and to kind of reminisce about all the wells, 
would have been like a good goodbye episode if it had happened maybe like two episodes ago or something. But here, with Iris having been in like a different part of the mirror and her being, uh, you know, attacked by different versions of her, that whole episode should have belonged to her. She should have been the A plot. Well, should have been the B or C plot, you know, because if you're going to like mirror the temptation of Barry Allen, then you should just go all in. <laughs> yeah, um, because there's different versions of irises. You could have, you know, given us even more of the mirror world, like what is in it and all of that stuff. So I feel like there's it's just unimaginative when it came to this with this intriguing plot line, knowing that Candace could sell it. Two, they just decided to like spend a lot of time on Wells when at this point we've had so many. It's like, bon voyage. It's been nice knowing you. <laughs> Goodbye. So, yeah, it's just like a missed opportunity. And then this is not a dislike because I actually didn't notice that Frost was gone either. But it just also says, I guess, a lot about the, for lack of a better term like uselessness of the general team because like Barry is supposed to be here trying to find his wife and then they just find another obstacle to get in his way 1% of speed just take away his speed completely that would be more realistic as to why he can't get to the mirror first Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Central City will be okay it was before he was the Flash it'll be okay if he doesn't have his power (laughs) for one day imagine if they finally powered up and like (laughs) having Barry run at normal speed (laughs) 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 so like (laughs) i don't know just do it like you did at the end of like right before he went um into the speed force the first time where he actually lost his powers do that now that would be interesting how will human barry function without without his wife trying to get his wife yeah yeah so like i don't know it's just there's so much they could have done and they decided to like Wasted on Wells, have Barry B. Wells, which was fun, but like it went on for way too long. And then have this like really emotional goodbye to Wells <laughs> when apparently he's going to be back in some way. I don't know. In a video, whatever. So I'm kind of like over it and I just want to pick up the pace and the tension with regards to like the mirror storyline. And also understand what the hell Ava's endgame is, you know? Right. Um, I definitely agree. I feel like that's kind of one of the weaknesses. We don't really know what Eva uh, wants, uh, aside from, you know, murdering the remnants of her husband. Like, the reason that she and Barry had a falling out, LOL, um, and she just, like, kept Iris hostage was because Barry wouldn't let her kill her husband. But then she did kill her husband. So what's the problem now? I was going to bring that up to you. I was like, why? <laughs> like, what? Like, I because I was agreeing with Barry. Like, if you, we're on the same side and giving me back my wife. I'm like, yes. Like, why? What was the point of keeping her in the Mirrorverse? Like, yeah, especially if she knows like she and might if you want need Barry more power. To stop. If, like, if you want Barry to leave you alone. Yeah, give him, give him his wife. Exactly. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make sense. No. Um, but anyway, I d- I'm not really that pressed about that. What I was really, you know, more pressed about is just such little Iris in order to establish what was going on with her. I thought it would have been nice to get more of it, give Candace more of an opportunity to spread her wings with those different variations of Iris and understand just like how it was driving her crazy or what it would mean if she did go crazy, right? What's like, she just becomes like Eva, but like Eva's fine and out now. So like, you know, I mean, she's still crazy, but she's out. So <laughs> so I, I thought they would have been like, interesting to raise the stakes with it especially coming off of a cliffhanger from Mm -hmm. the the previous episode which turned into the finale of like oh she disappeared where did she go 
mm-hmm. to only get minimal amounts of her in this one just seems kind of yeah and she's just like you know in isolation she's just like in you know solitary confinement or whatever and then speaking of it would have been nice i know that Singh is like doing something else patrick's got his own thing going on so that's cool for him but at least to get some camilla you know like there's no one around to care about camilla or where she is <laughs> Cisco's so not sure there <laughs> yeah and it would have been nice to see camilla caring about Ragrises or vice versa um but no we got nothing speaking of cisco um while i did not particularly miss cisco and caitlin in the episode i do think it's really weird that wells all the wellses all the wellses died while they were not there um and also you know joe and iris but mostly cisco and and caitlin because they're probably even closer to wells than barry is so mm-hmm. they're just gonna show up next week and be like oh wells is dead oh <laughs> <laughs> like are we gonna have a funeral i don't know like we wanted uh, to lace like characters crying over a wells and it should have been caitlin and cisco right and not barry uh, so so yeah so that was a little bit weird um, also, I don't like this whole, like, yeah, the concept that they were, like, pushing a little bit of, like, Allegra's, like, responsible for, like, Nash's stupid feelings, you mm-hmm. know? And it's like, oh, and, like, you know, oh, he cared about you so much, or, oh, you know, I hope he made you proud, or whatever. Like, mm, okay, she doesn't know this, man. <laughs> trying to desperately replicate Harry and Jesse and Fanny. Right. Yes, yes. You, know, you don't need that again. I mean, they could have done it if they had literally made her his daughter. I don't know why they didn't do that. Instead, they were like, oh, you remind me of my student that died. Okay. <laughs> like, if it had been his daughter, then this would make sense. But no, he just seems like a griever. So, yeah, that was uncomfortable. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. I just think, like, I understand that it was, like, a makeshift. It was, like, Frankenstein's monster. They had to put it together to make it a premiere. So, on that side of it, like, I, I respect their attempt. I think that it was decent. Um, it's, it's better than, like, at least half of the penultimate episodes we've had mm-hmm. <laughs> on The Flash. And also better than half of the premieres. So, all right, we're off. We're off to a average start, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Can hopefully only go up. Go right. Up hopefully we we'll only go up from here. So, do you have? Um, well, we I know we have feedback. Would you like to read? Oh, we definitely the feedback? have feedback. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got feedback on Twitter from Ashante, and they say, "Step on me, Mirror Iris." The Flash is firing at all cylinders right now. Allegra and Chester as a new team Flash. Cecile working hard and topping top. Um, did not see, need to see Iris get killed again. I agree. Did not need to see that. And finally, Nash is useful. Um, so thank you, Ashante. And then um, we had feedback from, email feedback from Sonia. So Sonia sent a lot of feedback for The Flash as well. And again, I will hit the highlights and then put Everything in full on Tumblr. And Sonia says, I actually really like this episode despite my hesitations at, at it being called All's Wells that Ends Wells. And I didn't even really mind the storyline focus on Wells as much as I thought I would. Really love seeing Iris in the Mirrorverse and managing to see through Eva's illusions. Also, legit, Candace Patton is the only actress in all of life that can look literally the exact same as her season one <laughs> seven years later. I guess Black truly does not crack. <laughs> Really like the subtle mention of Clark. Um, like, I'm still not going to watch Superman and Lois, but it was a nice res- reference. And seeing you one still want of the-, the super date. <laughs> yeah. Seeing one of the takeout bags saying Gotham really was nice. I saw Big Big Belly Burger, and I remember, like, there's, you know, Iris said something about Coco Vaughn from Paris. I wonder which one said what they got from Gotham. It would be interesting. 
Um, all I need is Iris to get out of that mirror, meet Ryan, Luke, Mary, and Sophie. Um, it's cool to have Mirror Master and Top again from season three, and to learn that Eva gave Scudder his powers in in three years that he spent trapped in the mirror, and that Top is actually an empath like Cecile. Um, love that they had Barry have the wells inside him because instead of being frustrated and seeing Tom Cavanaugh on my screen a thousand times, you got to see Grant doing it instead. And it was really showcased what a great actor Grant is and how good he is at comedy and impressions. Honestly, so impressed. Um, I'm not going to lie. When Harry said for the flash run again, Nash Wells must die. I legit cheered out loud. I'm <laughs> 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 um, so confused by some of the ending scenes. It looked like Iris was able to send a message to Camilla, but then the computer did that weird Eva swirly thing. And then the message wasn't there anymore. Was it supposed to show that Eva deleted the message? I think we we talked about like it probably meant that she had accidentally sent it to the real world. I don't know if it also went to Camilla. Maybe it did, but I think it went to the real world, which she saw in the trailer. And then um, she sent a second email saying that she forgot to mention Chester in her feedback. Uh, he was amazing and hilarious, and I loved how excited he was to meet all the different wolves inside Barry's head. Uh, it's how I would act if I cared about all the different wolves. <laughs> And I love how he was working himself to the bone to help get Barry's feedback and was also being so kind to Allegra and Barry after Nash sacrificed himself. Um, She has a question. Hope y'all can answer it. After the whole black hole thing with Chester, does he now have powers? Yes. And I think they talked about this in the episode. No, maybe maybe not. Because I thought that he couldn't touch the fusion thingy because it was going to kill him or like his powers would cause him to go into meltdown. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what they said, but then they also said it would kill anybody that touched it. So I don't know, but he does still have his powers. I just don't think he uses them because they're, they're like, yeah, they haven't really established like the parameters of his powers and they might this season. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then Suarez sent feedback for flash and he says, I gotta say, it feels so good to have the Flash. Our absolute queens of Iris slash Candace shown so brightly in this episode, conveying Iris's emotional state brilliantly with typically outstanding performance. Get Iris out already. While I'm frustrated that it's taken this long, I also appreciate Candace's amazing performance. Grant was good too, including impersonating Wells, but this was Candace's episode, so much so that I often was on Twitter while other scenes were going on. <laughs> Speaking of which, oh my god, Nash continues to be so annoying, even with his death. Also speaking of which, ding dong, the witch is dead. And again, um, goodbye forever, Nash. You were useless. Well, my hopes <laughs> of never having to see a Wells again were dashed by Eric's follow-up interview. I can at least hope that when he does return, it's in a far lesser capacity and less annoying. And if we're going to manifest another exit, discount Elsa next, please. Maybe COVID will like keep Tom away for a lot. But Tommy lives in Canada. I know. I have hopes and dreams. Maybe okay? he wants to be with his family. <laughs> God. No, but I do think I I know that they said that he's gonna be back. Um, but I'm expecting since you know we got rid of all the wills apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm expecting that he'll just be back as only Thon, or he'll be like the voice of the artificial life force. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Maybe you know. I can definitely see them trying to do that. Oh, that'd be just so awkward, like Barry having to like talk to Th- to Wells. Right. Like who like Wells is his daddy now because Wells has all the speed force. Like, <laughs> right. Or Wells is like Wells is like the Friday or the, you know, the AI, the Jarvis in um Iron He's Man. Gideon. 
Gideon, yeah, the male Gideon. <laughs> um, okay. I only so, accept this if it's in Harry's voice. There yeah. you go. Yeah. More feedback. So Lillian um, sent feedback. Hello, ladies. Happy new month to you all. First of all, thank you for continuing to put out great content on Patreon and helping us get through the longest DCTV hiatus. Mm-hmm. And she has like, the gift like, we did it, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being a Patreon, Lillian. Thank you. Um, the Flash is finally back. The show has so much potential, but can be so frustrating. Um, some of her feedback. No surprise, Candace Patton, Iris West was the most engaging part of the episode for me. The way Eric was speaking, I thought there'd be more Iris in the episode, but I guess you can't really expect much when the episode has Wells in the title, which, you know, yeah. Um, want to see more momentum in the Miraverse plot in the next few episodes with my expectations on how the writers will wrap up the story overall are sadly low. Give Iris West more screen time in season seven challenge. Uh, two, new drinking game. Take a shot. Every sign Barry is face down on the floor. <laughs> um, how is Barry? Where's my wife, Alan? Supposed to save his wife when he's always getting knocked out so easily. Hoping that now that he has his feedback, we'll be able to see um, more of the strong, intelligent hero. And that's another thing Eric said. We'll see Barry move into his legendary status this season. So uh, hopefully you don't have to get too drunk <laughs> this season. For years. Yeah. <laughs> The pacing of this episode felt really weird. How long has it been since the fight with Eva? What has he been doing all this time? Apparently hitting up different black hole places. <laughs> How long has Cisco been away? Uh, it was extremely jarring watching the Barry as well scenes be played for laughs. Cutting the scenes of Iris, cut with the scenes of Iris being emotionally and mentally tortured. Is it too much to expect King Flash to focus on getting Iris, Camilla, and seeing out of the mirror expeditiously? I fear that though I fear though that they'll end up having to save themselves and then have to join forces to defeat Eva in the final fight. Um, and then Anita vacation. Anita is back. Hi, ladies of Gumption. Way to keep us all up to date. About The Flash, I feel like this episode had a weird vibe, and it wasn't just because of the abrupt season six ender or the three episodes that will wrap up the Eva story before moving on to Maine for season seven. Um, it feels like, or that it feels like Iris has been trapped for a whole year. For a long time, I felt like the weirdness was a bloated cast, repetitiveness, not parallels, ineptitude and planning, consistent journalism arcs for Iris. True. Have the producers never noticed, have the producers noticed that the audience, the stars and the characters are not kids anymore. The leads are in their 30s, married and about to be parents and taking on diversity issues in the industry. Even if audiences start watching at 12 or something, they are about to graduate high school. So why is Barry still being infantilized and dumbed down with lines like, we need a plan or run, Barry, run? That was one of the corny things. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like. Even the on. trailer, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> of the four characters whose whereabouts and fate are foggy or need refreshing, I'm honestly most interested in Cisco. We've never had a Cisco-centric episode. We did, technically. Um, when they killed The Bob. Cynthia episode. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm also not especially looking forward to how Cecile's new powers will take focus of Barry's intellect playing a part in solving problems or how the new team members, Allegra and Chester, might do the same. But aside from all of that, Candace managed about three versions of herself, Iris, Siri, and Mirror World Tormentor. Like a master, as did Grant with the different versions of Wells, this sparked joy. Really confused. See, I'm not the only one that's confused about the ending with Eva because Anita was confused too. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like when she played that video, the sequence made it seem like a mirror version jumped out of the mirror, yes, and into our dimension, which is what I, uh, that's why I was like, well, I don't get it. Um, 
But then what would be the point of Mir Eva? Right. No, it's supposed yeah. to be that the that she like went in the mirror version, stays in, she comes out as dead. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was all of the feedback. And it will go up on Tumblr. Thanks. Woo! We love that. So, um, do we have any predictions before we before we debate our lady with the gumption of the week? Yes. Ooh, a prediction <gasps> for <know>. May? <laughs> <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> um, it's not fully my prediction. Only somebody else caught it and I had to write about it anyway. But um, it has to do with the book that Chester was reading. And it was written by Mina. Um, oh. oh, yeah. Mina Duan. I forgot yes. to mention that. I feel yes. stupid. But yes, continue. So, like, my prediction has to do with, since you mentioned, like, if Tom's going to come back, he would probably do so as Thawn. And we know that there was, like, some you know, storyline that was supposed to happen with Thawne anyway, that they never really did yet. So I feel like if it's going to be Thawne and maybe like the Easter egg of Mina, it's going to be have something to do with like the negative speed force, negative flash stuff. I think negative, I think that's a good prediction about yeah. Mina. And Godspeed. I just don't want to see, I don't want to see Will again. Just give me back <laughs> Matt Lester yeah. if you're going to do that. Right. Like, let that go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I do agree with like the the Mina and the negative force because there is an unresolved hanging plot thread of speed and all the fake god speeds. And it's potentially annoying because Mina does date Barry in the comics. Um, but obviously they're not That's gonna do not that. Gonna be the case. <laughs> yeah. That's not gonna be and the case. And also, right, there's no point to it because she just turns out to be, you know, evil. So it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that maybe where they could be going, because like Eric has been talking about how this is going to be the season of West Allen versus the world. Mm-hmm. Um, they're finally pulling in on that thread of making it the West Allen show, guys. Like, yay. yay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yay. in that sense, like either like August is Godspeed in the comics and August is also Nora's Godspeed in the future. So there could be a connection there. Like maybe Mina is connected to August some kind of way. Or maybe she's re- maybe she's the one responsible for making the fake Godspeed, or you know, there's some yeah, kind of like timeline. She stuff. like she is in black hole at some point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like there could be some kind of like timeline stuff to like yeah. put those together. And Eric said that the end of this mirror arc is going to tie into the the actual season seven uh, plot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that is all. all right so with that in mind we can now discuss our lady gumption of the week there are a lot more ladies this week to discuss yeah we got we've got some ladies this time so if you're breaking it down by show we got anyone from batwoman um yes ryan i mean (laughs) mary i know mary mary Mary, Mary. yes yes (laughs) (laughs) mary is definitely a good one she did stand up to um amygdala she protected her father Mm -hmm. She, you know, made the choice to, to to reveal herself. And then she stood up to her father again and said, you can't own me. <laughs> you so. don't own me. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Black Lightning. We got a lady with gumption there. Um, uh, oh. <laughs> so many ladies, so Grace little gumption. For putting on her. Yeah, I was going to say Grace, Grace for, Grace for, for reclaiming wild, wild. Coming out yeah. as wild. Yeah. Just barely a week out of a week out of a coma and a week into her marriage, she's like, "I'm, <laughs> I'm wilding." Yeah, and then the Flash. 
Well, Iris, Iris. and Cecile. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think Cecile had, like, a really badass moment. Agreed. That's Whether true. she beats Iris, like, that's <laughs> doubtful. <laughs> and the lady with gumption thing. Right. Like, with our bias happens. Yeah, honorable mention. All right. So now we duke it out. <laughs> I say between Iris and Mary. Yeah, yeah Grace definitely did the least. Um, yeah. <laughs> no love her. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so between Iris and Mary, I think that. I don't even mm. remember the plot of Batwoman, so I can't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't right. fight. Well, I know I Mary will, did a great job. I will job. take one for the Mary team, then. <laughs> I'm going to vote for Mary, because I think that that was, like, the through line of the episode, and it took a lot of, like, she was in a immediate life-threatening situation, and took a lot of courage for her to stand up to her father and to this man at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think she was really smart too because when she mm-hmm. sent like the um, or she, she either called or sent them the oh, message yeah, she called, to them. Can she use the? Yeah, she yeah. Was like, oh yeah, Lucas. I know you have the map, so you should <laughs> right. bring it. I need the like map. Wink, help. wink. Right. Wink, yeah. Wink. <laughs> it took him way too long to be like, wait, she's never called me that before. It's like, no. Duh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'd give it to Mary. I think with with Iris's plot line, like it was super strong. She obviously took ownership of like beating. Ava, but yeah, there wasn't enough of it, and it only came like at the very end because most of it was her being tortured by herself. <laughs> right, right. Um, so on so... technicality. <laughs> <laughs> on technicality. <laughs> All right. Well, um, congratulations to Mary. Yay, I'm sure Mary. Iris will. I'm sure Iris will take back her crown next week, and <laughs> we will see you guys. Actually, first we'll see you when we talk about Wandavision, but for. All you plebeians who don't want to spend your cash, we will see you next week talking about the next episode of The Flash as well as Black, Black Lightning, Lightning Black if Lightning. Jen is still yeah. around. Yes. <laughs> that woman is not on next week, I don't yeah. think. That's right. Like, they are respecting yeah. Harry and Megan. Exactly. They know that I'll be watching that for you. <laughs> well, exactly. I think it's airing on the CW, isn't it? That's why. Oh, maybe, maybe that's why. C- is it is it airing on the CW? Yeah, because as well? in the press CBS? release for Supergirl also said that they're gonna have a repeat of that on March twenty fifth for the Harry and Meghan thing. Uh, interesting. So interesting. I don't know. That's hmm. very cool. Yeah. Unless it's like a CBS thing and they're just airing I it. I feel up. like CBS would not air it on CW at the same night that they're airing it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we will see. But yeah, it's not on. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you and good night.